Yeah, don't forget about that, man. Are we proud of that or what? No. Anybody got one? No. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. And don't forget those 24-7 broadcasts, baby. Oh! Riley is an imbecile. So who'd you vote for? Well, I was on the other guy's ballot. What other guy? The Republican guy. Oh, no, man. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Ted. I didn't want to break Which that. Which one did you vote for, Ted? I'm not going to get into it, Ted. You'll freak out on me, okay? Not, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Be specific. What's his name, man? I'm not going to argue, the Paul. Guy, the guy from CNN? Ted Turner, yes. Oh, man. Yeah. You voted for Buchanan? I voted for Ted Turner. Dude, why yeah. don't you just send the police right into my pad? I do. Why don't you just give them my Ted. phone number and address? Ted. And let them come over Ted. and kill me. <laughs> man, you ele you're going to elect the Ted, Ted, this wasn't a presidential election. This is a primary, okay? I didn't have a chance to vote for the other side. Give me the chance to vote for the other side. Rick, what? My pal, Rick, voted for a I Nazi? Knew, I knew this would be that. I didn't vote for a Nazi! It's a lie. I am not a Nazi. Sure, whatever you say. 1001 at 560. I guess I'm not supposed to sound too enthusiastic. Are we supposed to be a little maudlin today? A little bit. Well, <laughs> do we have to be? I mean, I'm not, like, jumping up and down with glee, but, uh, you know, the guy was dying for ten years. Why is it that we have to be in mourning? We are, Like Nancy said, even Nancy Reagan said uh, it's a sense of relief. She's like, holy crap, uh, you know, enough is enough already. That isn't exactly what she said. Right. Now, if they but just that's got to be what she was cells, feeling, huh? If they just had those stem cells in time. Yeah, if we just had those stem cells, President Bush. Just a little bit of that stem cell research, which he sure turned around on that. Instead of just saying no. to stem cell research, that was one thing she was starting to say yes. a little bit too late, like about many years. I mean, I just, I don't know if I can stand much more of this. It's all Ronnie Reagan all day. Well, anyway, first let's get to the bad news. Oh, here's the good news, though, first. Let's start on an upbeat note, okay? Okay. Something good. You can make people do anything if they're afraid. Taking the action to close all of the airports in the United States. All commercial and airline traffic was grounded. But we had some airplanes authorized at the highest levels of our government to pick up Osama bin Laden's family members and transport them out of this country. In the middle of the war, the corporation decided to hold a conference to figure out how much money could be made. Once that oil stops flowing, it's going to be a loss of money. Whatever it costs, the government will pay you. It's going to be good for business, bad for the people. Congressman, trying to get members of Congress to get their kids to enlist in the Army and uh, go over to Iraq. The USA Patriot Act allows for searches of medical and financial records. It gives law enforcement almost unlimited power. They wait till the middle of the night. It's printed in the middle of the night. How could Congress pass the Patriot Act without even reading it? Sit down, my son. We don't read most of the bills. No one read it. Members of Congress, this is Michael Moore. I would like to read you the USA Patriot Act. Let the eagle soar. <laughs> From the corridors of power. Congressman. Congressman. To the streets of small town America. To the front lines. This is an impressive crowd to have. And they have more. Some people call you the elite. 
I call you my baby. Comes the true story that will make your temperature rise. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. That's one of the most sickening parts. That's the uh, trailer. That's the audio from the trailer, Fahrenheit 9-11. Michael Moore's great movie. That's going to be in theaters June 25th. Oh! Can't wait. I got a feeling that ain't the most sickening part of the movie, though. Oh, I'm sure of that. But, the, no, I'm just talking about the very end clip there where he's mm -hmm. so glib and he's talking about we're going to get these terrible. And then he's, he's out there in shirt sleeves playing golf. Now watch this drive. <laughs> man, oh, man. Just drive off into the sunset and get uh, leave us alone already, will you, please? Hey, what's Lisa kind of saying? She said, Algeria. yeah, that's enough. Uh, anyway, she's talking about the G8, and won't it be great, and yada, yada, get the, rid of Condoleezza. Anyway, that's June 25th, which sounds like two weeks from Friday to me. Is that correct? Yes. That is absolutely correct. Two weeks from this Friday, Fahrenheit 9-11 will be in theaters near you. Drag everybody you know to go see it. Anyway, here's the bad news. A car bomb exploded yesterday near the gate to a U.S.-run base north of Baghdad, killing six people, injuring 20 others, including two U.S. soldiers, the U.S. military said. Also yesterday, the U.S. military freed more detainees from the notorious Abu Ghraib prison, the center of the scandal involving abuse of inmates by American soldiers. The release was the fourth major one from the facility since the scandal broke in April, and I guess most of the detainees probably will be going to get their uh, checked out now to make sure they're okay. Wouldn't you think? That'd be their first stop. I would think. One would think so. Ursula Andress in a state of undress on our behind the beaded curtain today. Now, you might be saying to yourself, good golly, she's an old bag. Well, she is now. Right. But she wasn't back in the day, and that picture is from way back in the day. Ursula Andress was born March 19, 1936, in Bern, Switzerland, Schweiz. It even has her measurements here as a starlet, 1955, 35, 21, 35, and on the set of Dr. Uh, something or other. What is that, Dr. Strangelove? What was she in? She was she in 80... Huh? She was in everything. She was in uh, Dr. Uh, Zhivago, Dr. Strange. She was in uh, Hello, Doctor. I don't know. At any rate, uh, 37 and a half, 22, 35. As in they were just like <laughs> popping up uh, like crazy. Anyway, she was in 80 million movies. The most recently, Cremaster 5, Queen of Chain. I beg your pardon. Cremaster. No, it's not the kind of movie you're thinking of. Okay. Um, Alice Galogan, prof professori, uh, uh, oh man, Men Against the Mob, <laughs> Klaus, oh, I can't say that, Falcon Crest, she was in the TV series, played Madame Malik, Peter the Great, miniseries, Manimal, well, she's Manimal. in the bag, Clash of the Titans, Maminal. Fifth Musketeer, Dopio Delito, Montagna del Dio Cannavale, uh, Infermiera, I just like reading the Italian ones. Safari Express. Oh, Spoliamochi Cosi Senza Pudor. Africa Express. So at any rate, she was in 80 trillion movies. How many trillion was she in? About 30, man. Like I said, I exaggerate. 30 trillion movies. And there she is behind the beaded curtain. I love that part where John Ascroft is singing in the movie there. They have that clip. Oh, is brother. Is that really him? That's him. Didn't you watch no, it? No, I watched well, it like three times. But right. Still, it's like. You, don't you remember that? He that does, was just uh, one of the things, one of the great tunes he was singing. He's got a great singing voice. <laughs> I knew we could do something. Right. 
He missed his calling. Yeah, well, call him. Late for supper. I mean, but anyway, you can go, go to, to michaelmoore.com if George will shut up. You can go to michaelmoore.com right now and view the trailer. Now, it was on there last week, but it was almost impossible to get on there because, in fact, they had to take it down for a while because they were getting so many hits that it was overloading the site and they were just going nuts. So it's on there this morning, and we were both able to view it, and I taped the uh, audio part there for it to, to kind of like spice it up a little, right, as opposed to sitting here for the next several days mourning about Ronnie Reagan. Michael Mourning. Uh, it, it reminds me of, like Jimmy Carter when he goes to that big peanut farm in the sky. <laughs> I mean, do we have to say, oh, he was such a wonderful uh, man, yeah, and look yeah, at all the great things he did to. after he was the president. Right. And look at how he ran around the world <laughs> sticking his nose. Yeah. Too bad he couldn't have done great things while he was the president because we had that malaise running across the country. And we had those hostages in Iran that we didn't do all that well in capturing with those uh, smashed helicopters and dead people yeah. on the ground. By the way, a little way, bit of a problem with Jimmy Carter. Just a warning. Yes, it's thundering. Uh, hey, that listen. It's the sun is shining here, right. man. It's going to be uh, about eighty today, and it's just beautiful. Okay, so there any again as usual. Any malfunction at right. the junction is going to be on your Rectum. end. Any minute now, I expect a direct hit, power outage, all that. Which means we can go home, right? Well, right. I am home. All right. All right. Excellent. Really. Well, this is supposed to be hurricane season. It's supposed right. to be like the end yeah. of the world. The building is shaking. Is it really? Sure. Well, maybe Fat Boy just came in. That might be it. Yeah, either we're going to have a big uh, storm or maybe... Hiya, Pally! Fat Boy just waddled in. Where was Muff this morning? Didn't have our usual confabulation. Huh? Maybe he's off to the proctologist again. He seems to spend an awful lot of time over there hanging it out. Although we did get Clarence in there this morning, and Clarence is running around like a busy beaver taking care of business. He's probably a little bit down because his friend the Beast is uh, a little off his feet after that big baseball. What kind of crap was that? I've never seen anybody as insignificant as the beast get more airtime and more uh, get his finger in more different places, Clarence. And then, of course, we had the horse race on Saturday, and everybody, no wonder everybody's down. It wasn't just Ronnie Reagan dying over the weekend, but there was poor Smarty Jones kind of dying in the stretch. I didn't like the whole concept of that race. There were too many horses in there in the first place, nine. There should have been like five or six in the Belmont, which there usually are by attrition. And all these jackasses go, oh, well, I'm going to put in Master, uh, whatever that one horse was, and uh, Purge. Yeah, he's purging, all right, <laughs> as we speak. There were too many horses in there, and then they were racing, running a race. It's a mile and a half like they were going to press him all the way. Like, if we can't beat him, we're going to make sure somebody else does. Not that they should just seed him the Triple Crown, but what the hell were they doing up there early in the race? You clowns, you idiots, Alex Solis and Jerry Bailey, uh, pox on you people. But Joe had it right. I've never in my life. It would be like if the Lightning win the Stanley Cup tonight, and they say, oh, we're so sorry, that was really a goal the other day, and you people in Calgary deserve it, and we want to apologize for winning. Well, who ever heard of such a thing, right? Right. Huh? Right. Right now, you watch the race. Don't give me that crap. You didn't watch Smarty Jones get beat by no. Birdsong? No, are you kidding him between, uh, you know, Reagan dying and J-Lo getting married? No, this is before Reagan died. Huh? Huh? This was before Reagan died. Oh, we had the J-Lo marriage then. Oh, we got that coming. Anyway, here is it. But I just didn't like But it's another. It proves again that thoroughbred racing is in big trouble. You know, we thought this was a super horse. He's a very good horse, and we love Smarty Jones and the other. But he's not a, a super horse, because a super horse. I mean, they weren't going like lightning fractions early. Uh, when he got that lead at the top of the stretch, he would have drawn off in one in hand like Secretariat, maybe not by 31 lengths. But he's not a super horse. Thoroughbred racing's got real tourists, which is why we haven't had a Triple Crown winner in 27 years, and probably won't for another 25 years. Very sad. But at any rate, uh, you don't care about that, and that's sad, too. 
all those tears of, oh, we're so sorry that we beat him and America loves Sparty, but we'll take the money, thank you. All those rich, you know, horse racing is very much like golf. It's for snobs, rich snobs. Although anybody can go out and play golf, even El Presidente. Like I said, it's for rich snobs. Well, Twelve minutes after ten, we'll give you the result of the poll from the other day. We'll take, uh, we got a couple of polls today, one now and one at noon. Same thing, kind of like twisted ass backward. All the polls all the time. And then we'll let the people call in and uh, we can uh, eulogize Ronnie Reagan for four hours. No. What do you say? Come on. Dip on the dippity do. I get to eulogize his hair. Are you going to start with that shoe polish crap again? Shame on you. It was greasy kid stuff. Let me tell you right now about Balance for Life, all you fat people out there. We know a big issue for most of you is should you do the five-day plan or seven-day plan. A lot of you have been arguing about that for weeks. Now, the five-day plan does not include the weekends, but if you just want a few meals on Saturday and Sunday, well, there's a problem there, a dilemma. The seven-day plan's got all the meals, but what if you have dinner plans on the weekend? It's all or nothing. But now, Balance for Life, for those of you who are confused, has the six-day plan, as if you're not confused enough already. On Friday night, you'll get one sack to keep you going for the entire weekend so you can pick out what meals you want to eat and when. The best part of this uh, plan is, since Balance for Life is the only meal delivery service that offers you choices, you can choose meals from either the Saturday or Sunday menu. And add to this plan, if you tell the wonderful people at Balance for Life, and they wrote this, of course, the wonderful folks at Balance for Life, where you're going to eat out, they'll tell you which items on the menu are Balance for Life approved. What a complete service, what's not to like. And Balance for Life is working exclusively with a few local restaurants to label menu items, Balance for Life approved. So move over Atkins and watch your step, please. The zone is the way to go. And that's what the basis is, of course, for Balance for Life, is Dr. Barry Sears, no relation to uh, Brian Sears. That's the way to go. By the way, nice going, Brian, here at the Mohawk the other night. Boy, is he great or what? Brian Sears, he's the man. Plus, keep an eye on that website, balanceforlife.com, for new and exciting changes, too. Log on now and register for that newsletter. It just keeps on getting better. Balanceforlife.com is that website or call them toll-free and start losing that poundage right away. Call 1-866-225-4543. You know who bulked up like crazy and is fatter than a cow? Who? Tom Durkin. Oh. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, Tom was always a big man, but they had a segment on the Belmont uh, telecast. He is just enormous. <laughs> Balance for Life, Tom. 1-866-225-4543. <laughs> Sports Radio 560 QAM. I'm dying over here. Abu and you could finally see your Iraqis. Why do you think it's vile? They're just naked in a pile. Okay, there was one with electrical on the genitals. We're not that cold. Did what we're told. I'll think you speak. There's cameras to take. Some pictures to be cool. Could march is the rule for me. Tell me. Watch hats go and get the pictures duplicated. But it's the big deal, making some Iraqi prisoners humiliated. No one's just said, avoid the right, he's annoyed, we enjoyed what we did, and now they're going to you. Probably punish me and one spell won't have to quit. By the way, all you kids listening out there, good lesson in life. Just be a uh, suck-a-lot, okay? Because Geldy's a good example, speaking of him. 
Clear that he uh, kissed the Panther organization's collective ass for uh, years there, and especially after this past disastrous season, again not making the playoffs, and talked about what a successful season it was <laughs> so that he could get the play-by-play job. It just goes to show us sometimes it pays to suck. At any rate, and speaking of this, uh, that, this fax he just sent me uh, sucks. It says he had to hear the big oh. on Sunday. He first said he was a fan of all sports. Then he was disappointed that Smarty Jones didn't win the Belmont because if he had, he would have had the opportunity to come back next year as the reigning Triple Crown winner to defend his title. It finally took a caller to explain to him that four-year-olds do not run a second year. Well, guess what, Mr. Smarty Pants? Knocking my good friend the big... Oh! See, if you're going to send a fax and start critiquing other people, you ought to have some idea what you're talking about. Four-year-olds don't run a second year. Did the uh, secretary run as a four-year-old? Yes. Did the uh, Seattle Slew run as a four-year-old? Yes. Did Affirm run as a four-year-old? Yes. Did Spectacular Bid run as a four-year-old? Yes. Is Smarty Jones going to run as a four-year-old, according to what they say? Yes. Yeah. So what are you talking about? Yeah, I just cut the crap. All these nitpickers. There are people who listen to radio, only these shows, talk shows, only so that, no, seriously, you know what I'm talking about. Only so, oh, you made a mistake. You oh. made, it's kind of like the Mike Rosenthal school of life. You made a mistake. So we're doing them a favor by making mistakes. Cause yeah. Really, really I make on. a mistake a lot of days, and that is uh, showing up. But then again, that paycheck shows up, and I think, well, not the worst mistake. Stuttering Gill in Homestead, who's evidently got too much time on his hands. I have no life. Former Vice President uh, Al Gore has been quoted saying, Mayor of Dade County is the most treacherous person he had to deal with during his presidential election bid. What are your thoughts? I think Al Gore was the most treacherous person, not to uh, forget Hugh Lieberman, okay? Don't leave them out. What the hell do we want to talk about, Mayor Apinas Pequena, anyway? We don't want to talk about him, do we? No. no. I, see, I like the fact that we can't say that uh, anymore. Well, let's just blurt it right out, Mayor Apinas Pequena. The hell's wrong with yeah. that? We can say... So, just don't do it. All right. Don't do it. That, that, uh, I'm still smelling that. You know, that one that you dropped in there last week, I could smell it. It was a raspberry. Yeah, that had, well, it was the most bizarre smelling raspberry I ever uh, sniffed. I'm not responsible for that. Here's a fact that says, saw your list of favorite fat celebrities, which I'm going to get to that momentarily here, the result of Friday's poll. I just wanted to mention my favorite not on the list, Victor Bono. Good choice. There's so many, we couldn't put all the fat people on there. There wasn't room for them, obviously. An actor best known as Batman's King Tut and Baby Jane's piano instructor. When he was alive, he appeared on the talk show circuit reciting his rye verse. He was great, Victor Bono. And I can understand him not being on the list, but where's Peter Ustinov? Well, I'll tell you where Peter Ustinov is. He's yeah. dead. He's in the ground. Mm -hmm. But there's another group we love, Peter. And I also left off one of my favorites, William Conrad. So what can I tell you? Thanks for spicing up a dull day. I listen to you whenever I'm on the road, uh, Richard G. Thanks, Richard. G. By Don't the way. nitpicking again. What? The Howie food just showed up, and the, the guy and the food was soaking wet. It's a nightmare out there. Oh, no, don't tell me it's raining. Mm -hmm. Big time. Holy crap. It's sunny and beautiful where I am, so too bad. And you better get used to it, because you know what's going to happen now, every day through now through uh, November. Oh, yeah. Raining and hot and humid. Even my mother, even my picky mother, who's always giving me a song and a dance, is telling me about it's so humid there that you could just pass out. She's always telling me, oh, it's so wonderful here. Why don't you like it? Now she's admitting that it's yeah. just like the end of the world. She's not exaggerating. What? About the humidity yesterday. By the way, uh, 93 was old enough, Ronnie. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's the poll result from Friday. Who is your all-time favorite fat person, dead or alive? And, of course, you look at these first few, man, not looking too promising as far as alive. John Candy, 422. Nobody came close to the great John Candy, who was Canadian, eh? Do you know that? Yes. I did. All of those uh, SCTV guys were. It was a Canadian production, so they're. Jackie close. Gleason, 220. Chris Farley, 210. The Fat Neil Rogers, back in the day, 191. 
John Belushi, 155. Was that Curly your from the Three Sturges, not the Sturges, Michigan. Curly had 133, not to be confused with Larry or Absolutely. Moe. Michael Moe. Michael Moore had 70. Don, how come he didn't get more than that? Mm. Don Belway is 58. Jerry Garcia, 51. Sam Kinison, 42. Kelly Craig, we love you, Kelly. But, <laughs> wow, 37. Well, we used to have one Kelly Craig, and now we got two. Dusty Rhodes, 34. Lou Costello, 33. John Goodman had... About 30, man. Hank Goldberg, the humper, had 28. <laughs> Buddy Hackett, 25. Mar <laughs> Marlon Brando, 23. Alfred, I never I never even knew you could do that before. I just discovered it. <laughs> All the years we've had this gizmo, did you know you could do that? Sure. Without pressing the original button again, just pressing the play button? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Wow. Buddy Hackett, 25. What's that? Thunder. Wow. Marlon Brando, 23. Alfred Hitchcock, 23. Big Wilson, hello. Big, 19, as did the fat Anna Nicole Smith, 19. She's still fat. Biggie Small, 16. Ron Jeremy, 16. Oh, brother. The fat Elvis, 15. Fat Rush Limbaugh. Pop a couple for us, Rush, 15. Dave Dixon, 14. W.C. Fields and Orson Welles, 13 apiece. Sally Struthers, 11. Abdul the Butcher, 11. Gene Hart, spelled wrong, 10. Teddy Roosevelt, 8. He wasn't no Ronnie Reagan. Oprah, 7. Haystack Calhoun had 6. Dave Game had 5, who's still alive, and he's still uh, doing the uh, website for Channel, what is it, 4? Yes. I guess. Paul Sorvino, 5. Sidney Greenstreet, 5. Luciano Pavarotti, 5. Pat Jerry Lewis, 4. Elizabeth Taylor, 3. Chef Shaw, uh, Paul Prudhomme, 3, which did you figure out who he is? No. Yeah, no. William Howard Taft, 3, and Louis B. Anderson, 3. Louis B. Anderson, Louis B. Fat. Oh, here's another website somebody sent to us. Uh, Ashcroft Sings. You can return uh, to a few additional choices. An absolute riot. Pay attention to his facial expressions and his hands. Too funny to be true, it says. And it's got a website here. Um, NewMediaPoets.com slash Ashcroft uh, Sings. Yada, yada. Great. I'll put that over there. Put it in my pile of things to uh, maybe look at. So that's the poll from Friday. We had uh, over 2,000 votes. People are big into the fat people, okay? In fact, let's do that again just to make sure we got it right. <laughs> and They're the, big uh, into that. And the fat people are big. Into it. I'm done. Or out of it. Or underground. Yeah, that one guy that called in about the piano case uh, funeral, that was sad. Yeah. Been there. But that's where it's at. I've come up with a, a diet. Let's see. He thought that Smarty Pants, hey, this guy's refaxing, could run a Kentucky Derby Preakness in Belmont again next year to defend his triple crown. Oh, I see. Well, you, I know horses run as four-year-olds, it says. Well, you better clarify next time, sir, because an articulate factor like you, who generally is, knows what you're talking about, made yourself sound a little bit uh, stupid. You know, we can't afford to look stupid Absolutely. on this show. He thought that he could run the Derby, the Preakness, in a Belmont again next year. Four-year-olds don't run in a Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, in a Belmont, just like the factor said, big, oh. you idiot. You know, oh, God, how can we put him on here? Has he got naked pictures of Clarence and the Beast? Yes. Is that what that's all about? How can we put him on here? He hasn't got any idea what he's talking about. God, I can't wait to hear his expertise on the his take on the Stanley Cup, whoever wins the game tonight, which, of course, it'll be the Lightning and Brad Richards. Man, that kid is just a golden in every uh, definition of the term, man. Brad Richards is God. Make no mistake. Next to, God. I say he's right up there. Are you following this? Hmm? A little bit too sports intensive for you. Well, at least it's not about Ronnie Reagan anyway. You ought to be uh, thrilled to death. I can't wait to talk about Ronnie. Ronnie Reagan. Well, 
Oh, I got a couple of uh, three. I have three, as a matter of fact, scathing articles. You bastard! How could you do that? Uh, well, you'll see. Very Are we going to talk about his particle beam weapon? Yeah. Okay. And his particle beam hairdo, too. He had a better hairdo than some people we know. Absolutely. I'll you that. Stolen from Devo. You can make your joke about that Kiwi shoe polisher all you want. <laughs> it was pomade. 27 pet. No, no, no. The no, no, was not. And don't say AIDS, either. He got very nervous when you said that. That was another part of his great legacy. What a, what a just... You know, he was the great communicator because guess what, boys and girls? He was a movie actor. Oh, no. Huh? Oh, my God. Yeah. So he memorized the speech real well. Great. 27 after 10 at QAM, the Emerald Coast, South Florida's very best Asian buffet, is just unmatchable. A lot of imitators out there, but the Emerald Coast is in a league of its own. Start out with any of their, or all of their six different soups. They're all fantastic, like they're uh, some young guy and they're uh, uh, whatever they got. They're wanton. And then sample dozens of delicious entrees, including New York strip made to order, their sizzling Asian grill, and that brand new Hunan fish. Enjoy Maine lobster thermidor style, Jonah crab, oysters on a half shell, hand carved prime rib. They're great new Thai specialties too. Their buffet features a full salad bar, full Chinese food lineup, their brand new sushi bar that even Greg might enjoy, and of course fresh cocktail. And don't forget, no MSG, no cornstarch, no crap. They cook all of their great stuff only with cholesterol free oils. And because you deserve it, they've got a full dessert station too featuring Belgian waffles, pies, cakes, pastries, ice cream with all your favorite toppings, even fresh root. Uh, root and fruit. They even have a watermelon all the time, too. Emerald Coast, three locations for you. Pembroke Pines, Sunny Isles, and Sunrise. And don't forget about Emerald Coast this Father's Day. It's coming up soon, June 20. Sounds like uh, two weeks from uh, yesterday. Is that right? Yes. Two weeks from yesterday, like I said. So let them do the cooking for Dad and cook up a feast for you and the whole family. Take the family or book your next business luncheon at the Emerald Coast right now. Takeout and delivery always available. Voted number one by Zagat Restaurant Reviews and by WSVN News as South Florida's best Asian buffet. You try it once, I guarantee you'll agree. Whether you're like a teeny little tiny person or one of those big fat slobs who loves the buffets. Call 954-572-3822. 954-572-3822. You can't beat it. The Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet. Is a new fragrance that is the essence of Jennifer Lopez. Grand Derriere. The perfume with an aroma that smells like Jennifer Lopez's most notable asset. Mm. You've talked about it. You've looked at it. Now you can wear it on your face. J-Lo's Grand Derriere. Mmm. Just one dab of Grand Derriere on each cheek, and you will experience the aroma of Jennifer Lopez each time the wind passes. Rectum. After all, every man wants his woman to have J-Lo's Grand Derriere. Okay. Grand Jennifer Lopez is Grand Derriere at the cosmetics counter of a fine store near you. We'll get to her in a minute. Anyway, here's a, uh, this reminds me, this, uh, fax you just sent me. Yes. It's got a tombstone. It says RIP, Supplied Side Trickle Down Voodoo Economics. Reminds me of that Frank Exler condo song I had back in the INZ days. I think that was the name of it. Supply Side Trickle Down, uh, Economics. I wish I still had that. But then again, if I played it, people would be, oh, that's in poor taste, Neil. That's sacrilegious. That's disrespectful. Yeah, too bad. Can't handle the truth. See, this is another part of the 
crap that the media keeps peddling on the public, and that is that every time somebody dies, we have to immediately, like, eulogize them with the greatest of reverence, yeah. even if we uh, didn't like them, or if they were, like, mediocre, or hated them like poison, although, quite frankly, was a hell of a lot better than what we got now. Right. Pop had Reagan, look what we got. <laughs> anyway, the uh, tombstone says, supply-side trickle-down voodoo Reaganomics, wasteful spending on a massive nuclear arsenal, creation of the largest detonation nation in history, declaration of ketchup as a vegetable. That was uh, Nancy's idea, by the way. In fact, every idea he had was Nancy's idea, come to find out. Nancy probably got it from her psychic and astrologer. Mommy. Leaving us the legacy of Bush 1 and 2, contributing to an unstable Middle East and increasing global terrorism and rest in pieces, etc. and so on. I mean, it, it should be a blessed event when somebody who's got Alzheimer's, especially who's been deteriorating the way he has, and keeping her like on the pins and needles for 10 years, when somebody like that finally lets go, you should say, uh, All right. especially 93? How old is old enough? 90. Even... <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. What? I don't know anybody now. Yeah, the hell you don't. You're picking on my mother now. It's not bad. Not enough to pick on your mother. Now you're picking on my ma. But you have a good point. And is J-Lo ever going to marry a heterosexual? No. I mean, come on. Is she, huh? What's the point? What a dyke. Who is she kidding? And what did I always tell you about Mark Anthony? It takes one to know one, man. He looks like a screamer to me, okay? Yeah. I always thought he looked like Skeletor. First, she had that uh, dancer who turned that ballet dancer who made Ron Reagan. Oh, do we need to see Ron Reagan Jr. anymore? No. Oh, God, honey, just please go back in and shut the door behind you. There's one thing that's starting to really bug me. It's all these fake marriages and all the... I, I can't stand it. If you want to stay in the closet, okay, do whatever you want. But all these phony romances and phony... I mean, the Rock Hudson thing was back in the... Uh, in, uh, when the hell was that? Like in the 70s, maybe? Mm -hmm. 60s or 70s when they had him hooked up and actually married him off there for a little while? That poor girl. But why do we have to keep doing this? I mean, especially in this gay and day and age. Jennifer Lopez reportedly married Mark Anthony <laughs> in a rather small ceremony at her home. And how come they didn't have to have a big timus about this, like with the uh, Ben Affleck? Because I guess they didn't do publicity. And of course, he already did have a wife, supposedly. Less than six months after she ended her high-profile engagement to Ben Affleck. So we had the ballet dancer. We had P. Diddy, who we know is a screamer. We had uh, Ben Affleck, who we know is uh, doing Matt Damon. And now we got uh, Mark Anthony, who I'm telling you right now, Maricon Grande. Both U.S. Weekly and People magazines reported Saturday's nuptials. Lopez's spokesman, Rob Shooter, told the AP Sunday that he had no immediate comment, and neither magazine published comment from either Shooter or a representative for Anthony. For Lopez, 34, the marriage will mark her third. The first was to waiter Ojani Noah. That was oh, oh, I forgot about that one. That was another Maricon. Ojani? Oh, Johnny. The second to answer Chris Judd in 2001, who, who actually now is out of the closet, I guess, uh, and Noah lasted a little more than a year, Judd for nine months. Anthony, the Latin singing sensation, just divorced former Miss Universe Dianara Torres last week in the La República Dominicana. The pair wed in 2000. They have two young sons. He has a daughter from a previous relationship. Right, Maricon. Lopez, the singer-actress fashionista, more famously known as J-Lo, has kept her romance with Anthony, 34, decidedly more low-key than her engagement to Ben Affleck, which was a magnet for a maggot for tabloid attention, a faggot magnet, as uh, Junior Say, I would say. The 18-month Benefer romance featured a near-wedding, but was scuttled at the last minute with a couple blaming excessive media attention. How many times did they scuttle it? About 30, man. Lopez also famously dated Sean P. Diddy Combs back when he was still puffy for two years before the couple broke up in February 2001. But since he was puffy, he got a shot and he got that thing fixed. It's gone back down to normal size. <laughs> it was unclear when Anthony and Lopez were engaged. The two first dated in 1999. They've been seen together since Lopez's split from Affleck. 
Lopez reportedly been wearing a dazzling new diamond engagement ring for several weeks. Well, whoop-dee-doo, okay? Thank God we didn't have to have a big Simison song and a dance about that, because quite frankly, nobody cares, J-Lo. Nobody cares. Okay, here's the first poll. Better get to it, because we got two today. Don't do it on. Huh? Don't do it on. Poll one. Since 1960, who do you think was our best president? And, of course, it's up there already, so we got some votes. Let's take a peek. Clinton, 53, JFK, 16, Reagan, a dozen, Nixon, 5, Carter, 5, LBJ, 2, Ford, 1, Bush, 2, 1, and Bush, 1 has got... Oh! <laughs> you got two Bushes on there. Between the two of them, they got one. That's like a half a vote apiece out of the first 95 votes. That's not too scintillating, what I would say. That's pretty weak, huh? Well, the Preepers haven't gotten on there yet. They're just for Jeepers Creepers. Forget about the Freepers, okay? Don't be making excuses now. And you know as well as I do that Reagan's only got a dozen for one reason. And what is that? He's dead. He's dead. He just croaked. And everywhere you look. Here, here you go. Over time. And this outpouring of support that you mentioned from Democrats, what Democrats like Senator Edward Kennedy say is that while they disagree with a lot of President Reagan's policies... He never stole a freight train. That's what they said. He stole a couple of hosses out there in Hollywood, the great communicator. And while some of the other actors were busy, like, really in combat during WW2, he was busy acting uh, to be in combat, right? Well, that's almost like being in combat. Yeah, it's close enough. Sure. Well, we'll get to those scathing stories, and then you'll say, Oh, you bastard, how can you do that? Everybody else is paying their respects. Because I don't have any respect for him. None. Zero. zippity doo -dah. In fact, he was the one who planted the seeds, the people behind him and him. They planted the seeds for this fascism that we have today. This was the beginning of the end for what we used to know as America. This was the beginning of this grotesque experiment toward the far right, which we thought at the moment was just an aberration, but come to find out. When they couldn't hang on to it, you know, last time around, they just decided to steal it because there was too much uh, money up for grabs. 20 before 11 at 560 WQM, we got Kim Bocamper for Mad Dog at 2. Well, I can't stand those people that don't work every day, you know. Hank Goldberg, the humper will be at Chula Steak 2 in Miami Lakes. <laughs> Four to seven. I'm sure I'll have plenty to say about Smarty Jones. And then the big, oh! who's waiting for next year's rematch in the Triple Crown races, Orlando Alzagiri, who knows nothing about any sport. He'll be on at seven. Eddie K at ten. A nice clean the slate there, as the Marlins are going to be uh, moving on to Cleveland to tackle those Indians. And you know what our president said? Abu Ghraib. There's nothing like tackling Indians. He learned that from Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Summertime in South Florida guarantees three things, heat, humidity, and hurricanes. You can't control the weather like it is right now, just like the end of the world is what the reports I'm getting. It's sunny in 75 right here. But you can control how you protect your home during hurricane season. Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters has installed shutters in over 3,000 homes in South Florida over the past decade. From panels, accordion, roll-down, or Bahama shutters, Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters makes it easy for you to select the hurricane protection that your home needs. Call 954 868-4935 for your free home estimate. If you own a two-story home, you know how much trouble it is. It's a real pain in the ass when you have to put up a ladder to get those shutters up. But Florida New Code now offers you a new steel panel system designed to be installed from the inside on your second-floor window, so forget about that ladder and breaking your neck. They'll even give you credit for your existing hurricane protection toward any new purchase, too. Just look out the window and you'll understand. Hurricane season really is uh, upon us, so call Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters today while you still have time. Call 954 868 4935. That's 954-868-4935. Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters. They've been providing South Florida hurricane protection over the past decade. Live, Live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM.
Hell? No way, Nextel. Introducing the camera phone for pictures you don't want anyone to see. Notel Wireless introduces the USOB69 camera phone. Take pictures of your dog, your girlfriend, your girlfriend and your dog, yourself in a Motel 6 covered with Vaseline, or a pyramid of naked prisoners. The USOB69 features blocked caller ID, self-deleting voicemail, encrypted text messaging, and a two-way button that lets you instantly connect with your mistress, book your prostitute, plus get 500 sex line minutes. And unlimited night and weekend cheating. Sign up today and you can hook up tonight. Get the Notel USOB 69. Your marriage? Done. $200 blackmail fee required or we'll send the photos to your wife. Roaming fee apply if you stray outside your marriage. Local coverage does not include your ass. Boy, I'm, I'm in a hurry today, you know what? I'm a man on a mission. What? I'm just stepping all over the ends of these things. Right. I rarely do that. I like you generally kind of like sit back, take a little cat nap. Here's a fax that says from one of our really chronic faxers, I'm about as sympathetic to Reagan's passing as he was to the tens of thousands of sinners who died from AIDS during his term. They were just fags anyway. Of course, none of the news models who've been masturbating furiously since Saturday will have nothing good to say about Bubba when his time comes. Uh-huh. Letterman's been showing the clip of Ashcroft singing Let the Eagle Soar, a song written by the Attorney General himself for the past three years. It takes nothing away from Michael Moore. I'm for anyone who sticks it to the right wing, but good. Well, actually, I was wrong about the uh, Belmont. Let's see, Reagan died at 4.09 Saturday, and the Belmont was at 6.45 thereabouts. So I apologize. Let's get it right, okay? Let's not be like the big... Oh! But I can't wait for uh, Smarty Jones to come back as an 8-year-old and run in the uh, Derby again. Man, see, if you don't know anything about hockey, horse racing, any of these other things, if you're just a typical football nerd, then just stick to what you know a little bit about. And I do mean a little bit. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh! oh. Speaking of Ashcroft. Yeah? And that facts, you got it right where you can go and watch the whole thing. Right. I'm watching it during the break. Scariest thing I've ever seen in my life, not even close. Really? Oh, yeah. Even scarier than the uh, beheading video, Nick Berg? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, we have an audio and video here at the site. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. Since 1960, who do you think was our best president? We'll turn it around and do the worst starting at noon, our second poll. You knew we were going to do that, didn't you? Yes. Sure. Oh, yeah. 166 votes on this already. Clinton, 96. We love you, Bubba. Come on back. His book comes out June 22, by the way. I will read it. As a poet. I still got Hillary sitting here. Remember the pages I read on the air? A few? Yeah. That's all, that's all I read. Oh, oh man. Oh, God. JFK you 28. Have, you don't have a fireplace, do you? No. Reagan 24, but I can throw it off my balcony. Reagan 24, Nixon 6, Carter 5, Bush 2 has got 4 now. All right, he's making a move. Watch this drive. LBJ 2, Ford 1, and Bush 1 has got oh, the big oh, gun. Oh, Zero oh, out of almost 200 votes. Oh, that is scary. Oh, he was the first big. Oh. How do you like that? None. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of calls eulogizing President Reagan today because he was a great American, a great communicator, a wonderful spokesman for General Electric. That was back in his liberal days when he was the president of the American Screen Actors Guild and was very pro-union and was involved right, in right up to his earlobes. Right. And then all of a sudden, he uh, got into a cab one day and somebody said to him, hey, how about being a Republican and uh, becoming a right-wing fanatic? He said, sure, no problem. Okay. He said, you just write the script and I'll memorize it like you wouldn't believe. It'd come out of my lips like butter. And sure enough, it did. And all of a sudden became virulently anti-labor. I wonder how the air traffic controllers are viewing his passing. 
In fact, I wonder how all of between him and Carter, all that deregulation sure did us a lot of good, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially Nothing like this it. Town. Uh-huh. Never How's Eastern Airlines doing, by the way? <laughs> oh, they're up and flying. Just fine. Aren't they doing well? Oh, we're fine. Yeah. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. You're so right about the Gippa. Yeah. So many scummy things that this guy did. Even before he did the switch, he was actually, during the McCarthy era, he was one of the actors that was actually snitching or, or right. fingering... Uh, a lot of people are forgetting he was pointing the finger at a lot of the other actors. He was working for the man as far back as then. Right. And uh, all these media that over the weekend in this entire week in this coverage, this is the same media that rolled over and played dead when they were bumping around the Reagan movie off the television. Off CBS, right, and they had to farm it out to a uh, to something or whatever that nobody was. watched, right. Exactly. Public can't handle the truth, man. We don't want the truth getting out there. And if anything is too close to the truth, the right-wingers get together and we're going to boycott, we're going to do, you know, and they uh, make sure they don't put it on. They'll, they'll crush you. They'll crush you. Also, the facts are stole some of my thunder. This guy wouldn't even mention the word AIDS right. on the TV. Uh, yeah, mean, you know, when he, when he finally broke down, when his good friend Rock Hudson died, right. then all of a sudden he uh, took a turn and he uh, de developed a different altitude, even though, of course, he had this uh, closet queen son. Right. On NPR, they actually had some bozo today saying that this guy was so charismatic, so attractive, he said, the only person he thinks who might be able to hold a candle was JFK, and I almost drove off the road. Good luck to us, Pally. Keep it up, Neil. Later. Have a great day. Here's Steve Gilliard writes. It's on our uh, website today. The real legacy of Ronald Reagan. This is the first of three of these I have, and if you think it's disrespectful, that's too uh, freaking bad, okay? It's about time that somebody, as usual, that we try to give you a little alternative viewpoint about the, the reality of life on this show, as opposed to just hopping on the bandwagon and jumping uh, around. Oh, yes, he was the greatest. He was the great communicator, and he was so wonderful, and he had uh, Star Wars and all this other crap. Right. That trickled down. Yeah, it really trickled right down everybody's pants. Steve Gilliard writes, the hagiography started as soon as they announced Reagan's death. How he ended the Cold War, how he was a decisive leader, all this nonsense about Reagan, which is just ridiculous. The British have a tradition. When someone dies, their newspaper obituary tells the truth. Americans like to say something kind about the dead, no matter how scummy they were. Even Nixon got a halo in death, where only Hunter Thompson reminded people of exactly who he was and how the honors given him were well wrong. This deification of Reagan began as soon as Clinton took office. There's been pressure to name everything but rest stop toilets after this man. Some right-wing cranks wanted to add him to Mount Rushmore as if FDR didn't exist. They forced his name on an unhappy Washington, D.C. by renaming the airport, still called by many national. So let's get past all the Malden bullshit and discuss what Reagan really did. And don't forget the attempt to put him on the dime and get FDR off of there, even though the, uh, the March of Dimes was all about uh, an FDR thing for polio. I mean, at any rate, goes on uh, to say. Huh? Which you didn't even know about that because it was before your time, the March of Dimes. But nevertheless, I heard about it. First, Reagan rode to power on a wave of reaction to the civil rights struggle. California, a state with a deep well of racial resentment, supported Reagan, who would protect the establishment and call for students to be murdered on their campuses. Reagan was regarded as a crank by many on the left, but his appeal to middle America was strong. It wasn't that Reagan was a racist, as far as is known, he wasn't, but he sure could pander them as he did in 1984 at Philadelphia, Mississippi. For those of you unaware, that's the place three civil rights workers were murdered by the Klan. It would be like a British prime ministerial candidate going to Amherstar uh, to talk about the glory of the British Army, the site of a 1921 massacre of peaceful Indian protesters. 
Reagan pandered to the racist right with ease. Even as Barry Goldwater, the man he supported in 1964 with a convention speech, slowly backed away from any of his reactionary views. Instead, Reagan depicted blacks as welfare queens, leeching off the society, while in reality, white women are the largest recipients of AFDC. Reagan used race like a club to hammer minorities and pander to the racist right. We need to ask, what hath Reagan wrought? His economic policies crippled this country, preventing the kind of long-term structural changes which are still needed. How long will American business have to foot the bill for health insurance? How long will unequal funding for schools exist? How long will the right of women to control their bodies be subject to restrictions? This is the real domestic legacy of Ronald Reagan. His breaking of the PATCO strike began the road to anti-union policies across business. Once businesses wanted labor peace, after Reagan's strike-breaking was permitted, he had encouraged Reagan began the road of crippling America's ability to care for Americans. Now we have this failed trickle-down economic policy pushed by yet another president, one that leaves Americans in record debt and record bankruptcies instead of tax rates which fairly distribute the burden of American funding. The rich have been encouraged to avoid their fair share. Ronald Reagan began the bankrupting of America and the creation of a super-wealthy CEO class, one where their great-grandchildren will never have to work, an arist aristocracy of trustafarians. Under Reagan, hypocrisy and selfishness became the rule of the road, not just in public life, where his staff routinely lied, eventually leading to Iran-Contra. But if Reagan started to ruin America, his foreign policy left the dead around like fallen leaves. His foreign policy was a disaster by any standard. Dead nuns in El Salvador, murdered school teachers in Nicaragua, the tortured in Argentina, the seizure of Grenada, uh, Grenada the failed invention in Lebanon, the aerial assassination attempt on Gaddafi, which led to the bombing of Pan Am Flight 103. Reagan's policies left a trial of failure and disaster at every turn. How to explain funding the deeply corrupt Contras? Former some of ceased the generals who funded their way by the drug trade, who murdered the innocent, or the war in Guatemala and the genocide of the Indian population, or the war in El Salvador where American nuns, among many others, were raped and murdered, a government so callous that it murdered an archbishop in his church. Reagan's foreign policy left a trail of death and fear wherever it touched. But Iran-Contra was the defining moment. Despite a congressional prohibition on aid to the Contras, a group inside the White House decided to circumvent the law so ineptly and so completely we wound up arming Iran and getting a few hostages held in Lebanon released. We also sold chemical and biological weapons to Iraq. While Saddam murdered thousands, the U.S. government was his ally. Even after 34 sailors were murdered by an Iraqi Exocet missile, we still backed Saddam. No governmental outrage, no demands on Saddam. Like the Liberty incident, we turned our backs and hoped for the best. Reagan and his conservative hagiographers have wanted to claim his massive defense buildup broke their Soviet, the, broke the Soviets, which rips the bravery and courage of the Czechs and East Germans who finally overthrew their dictatorial governments. Reagan also embraced Angolan Unita leader Jonas Savimbi, the puppet of the racist South African regime. He repeatedly refused to back away from him despite South Africa's notorious and later turned out mad racial policies. Not until 1988, when the Cuban army decisively defeated the SADF at Quito Carnavali in Angola, did the war end. The U.S. turned its back as the South African-sponsored Renamo massacred their way across Mozambique. No one knows how many Africans died in the wars of South Africa, but U.S. complicity with the racist regime of South Africa helped extend their lifespan. At no point did Reagan do anything to stop this. Silent complicity was the hallmark of Reagan's policy toward dictatorships. From Indonesia to El Salvador, where the innocent died and the U.S. said nothing, did nothing except make their lives worse. We backed the guerrilla groups in Afghanistan, funding the most radical ones and then leaving the country in disarray. Reagan's legacy is a dark one, one of backing murderers and robbing Americans of a fairer future. It wasn't that he was an evil man or a bad one. It's what he believed and what he supported caused so much pain and misery for so many people who had to live with the results of his policy. I think that uh, says it pretty well. Didn't oh, we got lots about more. his hair. Yeah, it didn't say nothing about his hairdo and about that great Star Wars program he had going. <laughs>
They just wouldn't have messed it all up. Particle beam weaponry. And, of course, those uh, psychics, man, if it weren't for those psychics and sidekicks, 1056 at 560 WQAM with the heat of the summer here. Now's a great time to get out of that car you've been driving and get yourself into a great new Toyota from Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. They're on US-1, just 20 minutes south of the 836. Well worth your drive no matter where you are because they're going to save you thousands and zillions on great new Toyotas. And with rising gas prices, maybe you want a car with more fuel economy. The legendary Toyota Corolla can be yours for just $11,990 or lease it for just $209 a month. Need a great Toyota for that college or high school graduate? How about the Toyota Echo lease priced at just $199? Need a truck? The V6 Toyota Tundra regular cab can be yours for just $239 a month. Looking for a hottest new cars around? Check out the Corolla XRS and Solera convertible now in stock at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. They're locally owned and operated. They're committed to making you a happy camper. And their service department is even open late to late weeknights to make sure they get all your service work done for you. Keep in mind that Armstrong Toyota of Homestead was the first dealer to offer you free tires and batteries for life. And now they're the first to offer you free replacement parts for life. You heard correct. Tires, batteries, and free parts for life. Nobody nowhere does that. So forget about wasting time and schlepping all over to those big mega dealers with their screaming car spots who lie like crazy and then get you into their dealership under phony pretense. See our friend David Rich, the GM at Armstrong Toyota Homestead, today for an honest-to-goodness unbeatable deal. Drive a little, save a lot of money on that great new Toyota at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QA, QAM. It's dates in Miami town. Absolutely. At Stuck me with kisses me like you used to do, but he's not you. Ah, that's so sweet. You make me almost want to come back with you. Guilty. Yesterday my life was filled with joy. Guilty. And now I'm stuck with a guava loving goy. You're my best sidekick and foil. I miss how you. Talk like a goil. Yes. Gildy, a sport old Jew. I miss you.
Call me a bum. I'll kill you with a bum. Why, you upstart, you interloper. Eleven oh three at five sixty WQM boat camper for Amanda to two the humper at four from Shula State two at Miami Lakes the big oh. at seven eighty K at ten no ball game today the Marlins have the day off well deserved. Here's a fact that says speaking of Clinton did you catch his appearance at his kickoff at the book tour on the C-SPAN last week great performance hell of a guy it says did you catch it no no I didn't no. see it saw some clips. P.S. Reagan was bought and owned by the Bank of America, the California-based financial institution that needed Reagan to pull off the National Bank deregulation legislation. Guess who bought him his ranch? Oh, no. That's sacrilegious, don't you think? Oh, yeah. That's bad. We want to invite everybody to call in and uh, share with us their fondest memories of uh, President Ronnie Reagan, right? We're going to eulogize him. Eulogize and fantasize and whatever. WQM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, you know, I watch all the uh, the uh, tributes or uh, you know all the uh, all the hanger used to work for him. I'll tell you who makes me sick is that Peggy Noonan. I guess she used to be a speechwriter or something. Speechwriter, right? Oh God, uh, you know, sappy talking. Uh, he's this, he's that. Uh, turn the channel. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's really nauseating uh, having bringing back James Watt and uh, all of these old hangers-on from those nasty right-wing days. In fact, that would be a great opportunity to bring back that picture from 83 again where Rumsfeld's over there shaking hands with Sodom, the one that we had on our website, which is probably still there in the archive somewhere. Right. Yeah. While he was, you know, now we're lamenting, oh, and Sodom gassed the Kurds with chemicals, of course, that we uh, sold to him. And, of course, uh, we stood by and said nothing. Zero zippity doo while he was gassing his own people and gassing the Iranians, which, of course, we were delighted because that's why yeah. we sold him the chemicals in the first place, is to kill those stinking Iranians. Wasn't that in like in 93 or something, the Kurd thing? The Kurds? The Kurds, the word. In 93? Whenever it was. Nobody, yeah. nobody said anything about it while it was happening. Right. We didn't care then. Reagan was the original Forrest Gump who struck lucky, writes Trevor Royal in the Sunday Herald in Scotland. Even the Scottish had got their kilts in an upper about this, huh? and their knickers, too. And their panties that they're probably wearing under their kilts, but who the hell wants to find out? Oh, man. Trevor Royal writes, It was fitting, perhaps, that Ronald Reagan died on the eve of the D-Day celebrations, unlike other Hollywood actors such as Jimmy Stewart, who gave up Tinseltown to fly for the U.S. Army Air Force. Reagan remained an actor, not a doer. Later in life, before Alzheimer's disease cruelly felt him, he called the affliction riding into the sunset, another Hollywood cliché. He would tell Israeli politicians that he remembered seeing the liberated concentration camps at the end of the Second World War. It sounded good, but too bad that he wasn't wearing a uniform at the time, but was working for a documentary unit. He wasn't there. In that sense, there was always more than a touch of vaudeville about Reagan. He was a bad actor who knew his limitations. Not for him, Gary Cooper's heroic sheriff role in High Noon, a White House favorite for successive presidents, and not for him, the youthful John Wayne and John Ford's stagecoach, two movies which helped to define 20th century America. He was always on the outside looking in, the minor bit player who was always small-town America. Perhaps because he saw himself as a patriot, a Forrest Gump before his time, he allied himself with the McCarthy faction and joined those Hollywood bigots who lined themselves up against anything that smacked of communism and the perils of the Soviet Union at the height of the Cold War in the early 50s. It was unworthy of him and unworthy of the country at the time, but it marked him, and he had not entered politics. Had he not entered politics, he could have ended up a bad actor who chose bad politics. What propelled him into the arena was a mixture of hubris and necessity. From the governorship of California, he found himself in the White House in 1981. The Cold War was in full swing, and for the Republicans, he was the man or cipher to fight their last long battle against the forces of evil. 
In one of Reagan's first public appearances, he forgot that the microphone was live and announced to his astonished audience that the missiles were about to be fired. Yet out of that bellicosity, the lion learned to live with the lambs. With Mikhail Gorbachev, the president of the Soviet Union, who was committed to rapprochement, he forged an unlikely friendship. Out of their discussions in Iceland in 1986, the Cold War gradually thawed, and ice, the ice turned to lukewarm water. He was a man of contradictions who was easy to mock. Famously, he addressed Princess Diana as Prince David, and there were times when he believed that the Middle East was close to Minnesota in the Midwest. But this much maligned president was not just the buffoon which his enemies painted him. True, he dirtied himself with the Iran-Contra scandal, and his foreign policies owed more to the machinations of the Pentagon than any uh, personal knowledge. But in that sense, he was probably no worse than the present incumbent. That, oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a hell of a shot. shot. <laughs> Say it again, I liked it. Ronald Reagan knew how to keep a hands-off approach to the administration, for good and for ill, but whatever else his critics might say about him, he knew how to meet the moment. When the space shuttle Challenger crashed in 1986, taking the lives of seven astronauts, he turned not to platitudes, but to poetry. There's only one problem with the story. I forget when it happened, he turned to his uh, press secretary and said, oh, is that the one with the school teacher on it? Not that he was out of touch, you understand. Was that the one with the school teacher on it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the one. Wow. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T. It's tribute Ronnie Reagan Day here on the Neil Rogers Show. Oh, since nineteen sixty, who do you think was our best president? We've got two uh, three hundred and five votes, and Clinton's got one hundred ninety one. How do you like that? Communista, communista, communista. Clinton's got one hundred ninety one. JFK forty four, Reagan forty one, and the only reason Reagan's got forty one is well, he's dead. Yeah. I mean, they got Reagan coming out of every part of their body now after this weekend. Man, you can't uh, go anywhere. Oh, they're talking about the G8 summit. Reagan won't be there. There's something. We get a momentary reprieve. Reagan 41. Nixon 8. Bush 2 8. That's W. Carter 7. LBJ has got a pair. Bush 1 has got a pair. And Gerald Ford 2, who's now right just as we speak, trying to chew gum and walk at the same time. Oh, there's uh, Lauren uh, W. With Arab leaders from Iraq, look at that at the G8 Algeria. economic summit. Isn't that that's something? Just take a look at that lost in the headlights uh, look on his puss, huh? He may not be good, but at least he's consistent, Mister. I'll tell you that right now, you heathen bastard. WQAM, hello. WQAM, hello. QAM. Ronnie Reagan line. WQAM, hello. Hola. Yeah, you guys are faggots. How about okay, that? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Back at you. That oh, was Junior, uh, junior Seau. I'd recognize that voice anywhere. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. WQM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how about Eisenhower? He had one year in 1960. Yeah, but we're talking about after the 60 election. You know what we're talking about. Get out of here. Quit, quit nitpicking, okay? How about Eisenhower? We're talking about since 1960 election. I mean, if we have to rephrase the poll, which we won't, you know exactly what we're talking about, okay? We're talking about since after Eisenhower, since after I like Kike and all of that crap. Get with it. There was another rocket scientist for you there, Eisenhower. Man, wow. Couldn't even speak the language. But then again, when you're in South Florida, you have a lot of company when you can't speak the language. He probably was very popular in South Florida, General Eisenhower. Generalissimo Eisenhower. Well, look what a great job he did there in, uh, for example, in Korea, right? I'm sorry. And what about Douglas MacArthur? There's another great general who shall not return, right? Right. Or will return? Or did he, did, did he return? Yeah, he returned eventually. No, he was kind of like, what's his name on the MTA? Poor Charlie on the MTA. He never returned. That's what the Kingston Trio said. 
11 past 11 at 560. WQAM is your company suffering from regulations and increased labor costs? Well, let Oasis Outsourcing help you when it comes to the people side of your business. Payroll administration, Fortune 500 company employee benefits, human resource services, and risk management are just a few of the services Oasis Outsourcing can cover to help your business be more profitable. Call Oasis Outsourcing today for a free evaluation at 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747. With more than 60,000 employees worldwide, Oasis Outsourcing understands the many facets of human resource management. Outsourcing is being recognized by firms large and small as a powerful management choice, which lets you focus on your core business while leaving the operational details to Oasis Outsourcing. Let Oasis Outsourcing make your business a hell of a lot more profitable. If you'd like a free evaluation with no obligation, give them a call toll-free at 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747 for Oasis Outsourcing. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560. U-A-Q-A-M. My God, your breasts are beautiful. It happens every 10,000 years. Time's up. Legalized gay marriage, gay theme TV shows, even gay TV networks. It's the end of the world. If you're a homophobe or a Republican, it's coming to a theater and possibly a family near you. Gay after tomorrow. There's a tidal wave of homosexuals coming at me right now. There's women rights, queer eyes, the hours. Oh my God, it's the entire lineup of drama. The legalization of gay marriage is sweeping across the planet, continent after continent, nation after nation, state after state. Well, just one state so far, but that's just the beginning. They're, they're everywhere. My job, the government. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. They're even in beer one commercial. It started years ago with Ellen DeGeneres. Now it's a homophobic event of global proportions. It's the epic saga of one man's desperate struggle to prevent the whole world from becoming gay or tolerating anyone who is. George W. Bush stars in the biggest blockbuster of the summer, Gay After Tomorrow. Be there when it comes out in theaters this summer. Eleven sixteen at five sixty. You see that last call to the same thing. Oh well, uh, you, since nineteen sixty, left an hour, a year off our Eisenhower. See what I mean? Yeah. Nitpickers, you made a mistake. No, we didn't. Everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. Since the end of nineteen sixty, since January twenty first or whatever that date was, nineteen sixty one, when Kennedy was inaugurated. Okay, nitpicker, nose picker, go pick this. All right. Rackham. Get out of here. Oh, and you know what? I wanted to play again. I'm, in fact, I think I'm going to play it every hour. The uh, trailer from Fahrenheit nine eleven. You can make people do anything if they're afraid. The FAA has taken the action to close all of the airports in the United States. All commercial and airline traffic was grounded. When we had some airplanes authorized at the highest levels of our government to pick up Osama bin Laden's family members and transport them out of this country. In the middle of the war, corporations decided to hold a conference to figure out how much money could be made. Once that oil starts flowing, it's going to be lots of money. Whatever it costs, the government will pay you. It's going to be good for business, bad for the people. Congressman, trying to get members of Congress to get their kids to enlist in the Army and uh, go over to Iraq. The USA Patriot Act allows for searches of medical and financial records. It gives law enforcement almost unlimited power. They wait till the middle of the night. It's printed in the middle of the night. How could Congress pass this Patriot Act without even reading it? Sit down, my son. 
we don't read most of the bills. No one read it. Members of Congress, this is Michael Moore. I would like to read you the USA Patriot Act. Let the eagle soar. <laughs> From the corridors of power. Madison. Madison. To the streets of small town America. To the front lines. This is impressive crowd. The halves. And the half mores. Some people call you the elite. I call you my base. Comes the true story that will make your temperature rise. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Coming to a theater near you on Friday, uh, June 25th, two weeks from this Friday, Fahrenheit 9-11. Can't wait. One of the saddest things that I have ever seen in my life was the way they booed him when he accepted the Academy Award for Best Documentary for bowling uh, for Columbine. Tragic. There's, there's one guy who had the balls, had a big pair. Over the years, how many different people, a zillion of them, have gotten up and made some kind of a speech that had nothing to do with Hollywood or the award, right? All the time. But it was about the Indians and Little Princess Summer Flower. All, all the time it happens. But here's a guy that gets up there, for, for crying out loud, I mean, right in line with the documentary and what it was all about, what America's become. And they're booing, and, they, yeah, I mean, there were some people cheering, but there was this loud cacophony of booing, because here's a guy that got up and said something that was P-I, politically incorrect. Right. Howard Kurtz writes, 15 years later, I don't like Howard Kurtz, but nevertheless, it's a good column. 15 years later, the remaking of a president. He's got his thumb right on this one. The uplifting tone with which journalists are eulogizing Ronald Reagan is obscuring a central fact of his presidency. He had a very contentious relationship with the press. Most reporters liked the Gipper personally. It was hard not to, but often depicted him as detached, out of touch, a stubborn ideologue. Sam Donaldson, Helen Thomas and company would do battle in those primetime Eastroom news conferences that Reagan relished, and he would deflect their toughest questions with an aw shucks grin and a shake of the head. Major newspapers would run stories on all the facts he had mangled, a practice that faded as it became clear that most Americans were not terribly concerned. The media dubbed him the Teflon president and was not meant as a compliment either. Reagan was quite simply a far more controversial figure in his time than the largely gushing obits on television would suggest. He took a pounding in the press after his first tax cut when a deep recession pushed unemployment to 10% and drowned the budget in red ink. He was widely portrayed as uninformed and uninterested in details, the man who said trees cause pollution and once failed to recognize his own housing secretary. He was often described as lazy, just an actor, a man who'd rather be clearing brush at his California ranch and loved a good midday nap. His 1983 invasion of Grenada was not universally applauded, especially after his spokesman told the press today before that that the idea was preposterous and his withdrawal of the Marines from Lebanon after 241 were killed in a bombing brought blistering editorials. He was often depicted as a rich man's president with little feeling for the poor, as symbolized by the administration's ketchup-as-a-vegetable school lunch debacle. Detractors said he was presiding over the greed decade. During the 1984 campaign, Reagan stood in front of a senior citizen's project built under a program he tried to kill, but his aides didn't care, concluding that the pictures were more important than the reporter's contrary words. Journalists had a field day digging into administration corruption, 
senior officials in the EPA and Housing and Urban Development Department, along with ex-White House aide Michael Deaver and National Security Advisor Robert McFarlane, were convicted of various offenses. Defense Secretary Casper Weinberger was indicted, but later pardoned by the first President Bush. Reagan's siding with the Nicaraguan rebels was enormously divisive, and negative coverage of the Iran-Contra scandal devoured much of his second term. Crisis blemishing President's hands-off style, said a 1986 Washington Post article by Luke Cannon, Reagan's biographer. His triumphs, of course, were extensively chronicled as well. He left office at age 77 on a renewed wave of popularity. What the great communicator quickly figured out was that he could deliver his message over the heads of the Washington press corps, often decried at the time as media manipulation, but now an accepted staple of spin-laden politics. Why was much of the coverage of Reagan so different from the way he's being revered today? Is it because many journalists were liberals appalled by his conservative philosophy? That may have been a factor, but something more fundamental is at work, something also on display in the days after Richard Nixon's death when Watergate was relegated to sidebar status. There's an actual tendency in the media to say nice things after someone's died, but more important, the president's legacy looks very different 15 years after he leaves the White House and following a long illness that took him out of the political wars. No one knew when Reagan stepped down that his military buildup would ultimately play a role in the demise of the evil empire he railed against. Critics denounced his legacy of record-shattering budget deficits, but in the resulting economic boom, such shortfalls came to be viewed as less dramatic, another sign of how Reagan redefined the political debate. The press, by its nature, tends to get down in the weeds of day-to-day -day controversies that envelop any president, but when the protagonist is off the stage and the camera pulls back, a brighter picture emerges and the setbacks tend to fade from memory. What is left are the big accomplishments and the inspirational qualities that Reagan brought to office. Bill Clinton is unlikely to benefit from such a cultural ceasefire when his memoirs are published this month, if only because not enough time has passed since his turbulent presidency. In his 1988 book, Unbended Knee, Author Mark Hergstad complained that news accounts generally fail to make clear the real-world implications of Reagan's inability or unwillingness to distinguish fact from fiction. That so many journalists seem to have changed their view in 2004 may represent Reagan's final triumph over the press. Pretty good article for Howard Kurtz, who's generally kind of wishy-washy, namby-pamby, that sell all these things. Well, you go, Howie. You go, Howie. You go till it hurts, Howie Kurtz, is what he blurts. Well, you know, you guys are all a bunch of faggots anyway, so what do you know? Since 1960, of course, that's on your sports station. That's what uh, Junior Seau would tell you. You're all a bunch of faggots. He's not, but you're all a bunch of faggots. Teaming with people of all kinds. And teaming with people of all kinds. Yeah, he's got that uh, ballet dancer's son, but he couldn't utter the word AIDS because, oh, that was a fag thing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I wonder what the hell he thought when uh, Rock Hudson got AIDS. What, what was uh, going through his mind? Probably not much. Probably what, 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 when's nap time, Mommy? Took when's the nap time? Right out of my head. Jelly yeah. Beans. Oh, there's Mommy with that red dress. Just say no to Nancy. See, I guess Bush uh, W got even with her when he said just said no to uh, stem cell research. That'll teach you a thing or two, Nancy, with your just say no to drugs, just say no to sex, just say no to uh, anything. And now, now they're making her like a big deal. Now you know I have yeah, to feel yeah. for her that she had to go through the ten years of taking care of this uh, doddering old dying guy with Alzheimer's. That was tragic. But other than that, she was an idiot, a bubblehead, a simpleton. Pathetic. Am I leaving anything out? Bad person. That's what her psychic told me. She said she was pathetic. How's that poll coming? We'll change it at noon. We'll change it to the worst. Maybe we ought to word it different just to make that one caller happy. What do you think? No. No, they know what we're talking about. Oh, you left out the last year of Ike. You know, Ike had a good bowel uh... movement after that second heart attack. <laughs> Man, I mean, I don't want to go into it now. I'm just thinking the people we select is our leaders. <laughs> wow, inarticulate goofballs.
people couldn't put a, together a good sentence? That, that, that's why Kennedy and Reagan and Clinton stand out above all of these others, heads and shoulders, because if nothing else, at least they could speak. Yep. They were articulate. They could actually speak the language. I mean, Nixon could speak too, but generally speaking, you don't want to hear it. Evil. He had evil like written all over that dark face of his, you know, with those dark shadows. Well, he's not 418 a votes since 1960. Who do you think was our best president? Clinton, 257. Oh! Atta boy, Bubba. Reagan, 66. Oh, look at that. He's moving to the second place now, just to, to get even with me. JFK, 57. Bush, 2. That's W. has got 11. Nixon, 10. Carter, 7. LBJ, 5. Bush, 1, 3. And Ford, 2. Boy, Bush, 1, didn't like uh, too much, did they? Huh? No. No. Read my lips. I'm a wimp. Only the Democrats could have come up with Michael Dukakis, baby. Only the Democrats could have outwimped wimped and wimped uh, Bush one. 27 after 11 at 560 WQM. If you're still a little bit nervous about buying a bed over the phone, because it is a big investment. For 25 years, millions of people have been doing like I always do. Dial 1-800-MATTRES for the best deal all the way around. The lowest prices on the best brands in bedding. The easiest possible way to get a great night's sleep. There's absolutely no risk because if it's not perfect in every way, just call them back for a full covered exchange. And it's completely free within 30 days. About 30, man. No extra fees, no strings attached. Dial mattress is ranked numero uno in customer satisfaction. And they were winners of the 2004 Better Business Bureau Local Torch of Excellence Award. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll get the best prices going on the best brands with delivery on your schedule and the best customer service in the business. Why would you waste any of your time schlepping from showroom to showroom? Dial a mattress has the complete line of all the top names in the business. Sealy, Serta, King Coyle, Simmons, Tempur-Pedic, even Stearns and Foster Hewitt. From Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers, Dial a mattress will deliver for you the finest bedding going around. But you need to do what I always do, along with everybody else at QAM, even the schleppers. Make that one easy call. It's the smartest piece of shopping you could ever do. Just pick up the instrument and call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or log on to mattress.com right now. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Tonight on Fox, it's the long-awaited conclusion of American Idol. The votes have been tallied. America has spoken. Guest star George Bush sings the Who. Talking about Talking about generation of Talking about generation before we grow old. Talking about generation of generation. What do you think of me? It just was terrible, dude. Terrible. You are the worst singer in the world. Nice voice. Thanks. Very nice. The conclusion of American Idol. Well, congratulations. You're now as intelligent as a pig. That's a fact. Tonight on Fox. 1132, 28 till noon at 560 WQM. Kimba Bo Camper for the Mad Dog at 2. Now, there would be those who would say, well, you're ripping Reagan because he was a Republican. You don't like any Republicans. Well, that's not true. I love uh, Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Like him a lot. They were Republicans. Right. Any other Republicans we like? No. John McCain ain't so bad. I'm talking about presidents. Oh. He ain't president yet. No. He probably won't be, especially with that thing on his face. But at any rate, I mean, look at all the great Republican presidents. He had Warren G. Harding, <laughs> uh, Calvin Coolidge, <laughs> Herbert Hoover, uh, Ike, <laughs> Dick Nixon, <laughs> right? Gerald Ford, <laughs> right? George Bush, the one. And, of course, look what we got now. Pop had Reagan. We got, look what we got. Uh-huh. Vito and Hallandale with kind of acute facts here. He says, Dear Mr. Insensitive, it's just like you to mock America as we mourn our loss. 
The Sopranos is over. We may not see a new episode for a year. So, so show some compassion for God's sake. I don't care how many Dago, Guinea, Wap, Greaseball, Goombas come out of the woodwork. There you go. You tell them. Damn it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Yeah, I, I was talking. Uh, started into that thing. There's no point in going into it about the kind of people that we. Well, first of all, the choices are usually bad. But you had Eisenhower, who was a war hero against uh, Adlai Stevenson, who was just an egghead, and he was a divorced, and he was uh, bald, you know, all of these mm. things. He was an intellectual. The days of that, I think, are long since gone. I mean, Woodrow Wilson, if he was running right now, he'd have uh, two chances, none and much less than none. We like bozos now. We like dummies, because uh, most of us can relate to that. Speaking of dummies, everybody now understands. there's Condoleezza. Oh, I gotta play that. Condoleezza, Condoleezza. God, I remember the words. We can karaoke it. Yeah. That old Chevron deal. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon. See, that was just the beginning. Little did we realize that was just the old Q-tip of the iceberg with that Condoleezza crap mm -hmm. and kiss a <laughs> good morning, all that stuff. WQAM, hello. Uh, hi, Gil. Yes. Okay. What was that? That must have been her call waiting, okay? Let's be generous and assume it was her call waiting. Now, oh. what it sounded like to you? No. What did it sound like? Hang up. No, it was not a hang up. Oh, you're, you're wrong on that. Boy, you are just a hard ass. And it wasn't yeah. Reverend Jones. No. 5670560, oh, pound 560. It was a lady, actually. Call back, please, sweetheart, if your phone is working. Or maybe that was Ed McMahon with your $10 million, which, if that's the case, she won't call back. Damn it. WQAM, hello? Yeah, I talked to uh, Neil. Speaking. Neil, what's up, Ralph? How you doing, Pally? Good, Ralph. Hey, um, <laughs> you were talking about President Reagan, and they all say, like, John Kerry, they like the Challenger accident, whatever. He pressed people to have that have that shuttle, uh, you know, go up with that school teacher. Right. Because he had a speech on education. The, the, inaugural, the inaugural address was exactly. coming up. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. He had a speech on education to, uh, you know, that, dude. Right. And when it when it blew up, dude, and then all of a sudden, oh, uh, no, not the one with the school teacher. It spoils all my plans, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then the the terror thing. My brother-in-law was a marine in Lebanon. Right? Yeah. In, in the early 80s, mm -hmm. when they blew up those 200 and something marines, Ralph. 241. Was, yeah. Yeah. He was there. He pulled them out. He pulled them out, which proves to me. That he's a coward, which proves to me that he pulled them out because, uh, you know, we get blown up, we get pulled out. Now you see it in Iraq, you see, oh, we're going to blow up these people and we're gonna, everyone in the United States is going to see their young sons and daughters getting murdered. They're going to pull them out. So mm -hmm. he ain't no hair on me, bro. Okay. All right, Ed. See Take at the care of bro. Okay, you too. Later. See you at the funeral, Pally. Uh, and what about Mogadishu? We kind of like uh, pulled out of there real quick, too, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Turned tail and ran out. Place. Huh? Shouldn't have been there in the first well, place. Well, that's, be well, we shouldn't have been uh, in Iraq in the first place right. either, but that's beside the point. We should be in a lot of places, but uh, we tend to be in places uh, that we don't belong all the time. Especially now, lately, if there's like a lot of oil there and things like that. Yes. Five six seven oh five sixty. Don't forget, mark it on your calendar, uh, two weeks from Friday, June 25th, Fahrenheit 9-11. Go watch it three, four, and five times. Drag a whole bunch of people. Take some born-again Christians with you. They'll be pissed Boy. off and fired up. Huh? I know right where to get soon. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I bet you've got a whole bunch down by you. 
Oh, look at this. Ronald Reagan, the body lying in repose today. President Ronald Reagan. Oh, my God. On and on and on. I mean, he's been dying for 10 years already. You'd think that this was one of the great shocks in the history. You'd think that, like, maybe all of a sudden Truman died. Oh, that's right. He already did. Now, what's going to happen when Gerald Ford dies? Do you think that there will be this kind of... First of all, Gerald Ford never got elected president. He was right. in uh, Congress for 25 years from Michigan, never introduced one piece of meaningful legislation in 25 years. He was a moron. See, this goes back to what I was starting to examine before, but I interrupted myself because what's the use? I mean, uh, you know, we had FDR. Kennedy was a great speaker, even though he was a philanderer, but nevertheless, he was a great speaker, even though you Cubans don't like him. But um, who do we have? Seriously. Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. Woodrow Wilson, uh, FDR... I mean, FDR was just uh, dynamic, those speeches. I mean, just uh, from a guy in a wheelchair, no less. Wasn't he the penguin? Yeah, he was the penguin <laughs> until Burgess <laughs> Meredith stole the part. And then we had, uh, of course, Truman wasn't a good speaker either. Now, I, I would say Truman was a ballsy president. He, dry, he showed them Japs a thing or two, man. Yeah, he had some lines. <laughs> yeah, he had that one line, Dewey beats Truman. He's holding up the Chicago Tribune. Dewey beats Truman. He liked that. Now he had given him hell, Harry. He was uh, he was yeah. okay in his own bizarre way. Doug MacArthur didn't like him too much. Well, that's too damn uh, bad. But he was huh? That's too damn bad on Dougie's part. Yeah, well, he, ought, he should have understood the chain of command. Well, he's dead too now, MacArthur. Yeah. See, it goes to show you what comes around goes around. But we've had so many like uh, bumbling, fumbling, inarticulate. I mean, we can do better than that. We're talking about the best and the brightest. This is the best we got. <laughs> what we got now? Al Gore against George W. Bush, John Kerry. My God, Herman Munster Jr. I say Clinton and uh, and Howard Dean for vice president. Let's how about a constitution, okay? If Bush can keep disregarding the law, why the hell can't right. we do it? Clinton and uh, 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 what's his name, Howard Dean. Okay. As long as uh, Judy has to stay home. <laughs> Since 19, or at least keep her in the broom closet somewhere. Don't let anybody see her. Although we have, like I said, had a string of very ugly first ladies. Man, so many of them. Since Jackie Kennedy. And she was ugly, too, come right that way. Yes, she she was. really was. She was. She had like a prune face. She was like, eh, like, not highly overrated. Although, again, when you consider that she followed maybe Eisenhower and Bess Truman, she had a lot of goodwill coming in. You know what I'm saying? Because Bess Truman, she looked like she dressed, bought her outfit at goodwill. Since 1960, who do you think was our best president? We're going to turn this baby around at noon and do the worst with the same bunch of uh, goyim. Clinton, 295. He wins 61% for Bubba. Oh, oh, yeah. If the election were right now, Bubba against George W. Bush, if he could run again, oh. he'd get 90% of the vote. Oh. I'm telling you right now. America is pining and longing for the day. Even those people, those goody-two-shoes hypocrites screaming about that stain on a blue dress. Yeah, they only wish that they could leave one. Clinton, 295, although on, hopefully somebody looked better than her. Yeah, not on her. Reagan, thing. 82. Look at this Reagan pulling away from JFK. Although JFK was only president for like less than three years, Reagan had two full terms in there. To forget everything he did. Reagan 84, JFK 67, and then it's a precipitous drop way down. Nixon 11, George W. Bush 11. That's quite an accomplishment to be tied with Richard Nixon. He's tied with Dick. Carter 9, LBJ 6, Bush 1, w, uh, uh, George Herbert Walker 3. Don't forget Daddy was a Nazi. And uh, Gerald Ford has only got a small pair. <laughs> Sports Radio 560 QAM. The next 
Inside the Porn Actors Studio, hosted by James Lipton. Today, my guest is Belinda Balloon. <laughs> That's me. Back in May of this year, you made a palpitatingly prurient piece of straight-to-video cinema. The landmark to which I refer, of course, is Sorority Skankfest Volume 11. Watch pseudo-actresses discuss their craft on Inside the Porn Actors Studio. Based on your work in Naughty Nurses of Nantucket, do you consider yourself a genuine thespian? Uh, yeah, I guess I did have a girl-on-girl scene in that. <laughs> Absolutely enthralling. Whether you're an aspiring triple X performer or just a fan of the art form, you'll be self-gratified by watching Inside the Porn Actors Studio. Hey, want to check out my new tattoo? <laughs> Utterly magnificent. So good, you'll only see it on Bravo. All right. 14 till noon at 560 WQM. I got something long I'm going to read. That's bad, isn't it? No. Too much reading today, man, but that's okay, because I'm going on vacation pretty soon anyway, and then, of course, it'll be right. that summertime, and then you'll be on it. You don't read articles on here because uh, it's bad. Right, uh, but reading's good today because we're all so bereaved. Oh, well, let me, uh, here's the best thing you can do if you want to celebrate the memory of President Reagan, whether you like him a lot or maybe, you know, not all that much, but go out and buy some jelly beans would be good. I got some here. Do you? Jelly belly jelly beans. Now, just to go to show you what a bastard I am, what a heart, uh, heartless piece of crap I am, I don't even like jelly beans. Being the old fat diabetic that I yeah. am, if I'm going to go out and get some candy, jelly beans, that would be so far down on my list. If you had them, if I was sitting right there uh, across from you, I wouldn't be the least bit interested in that See, crap. See, that's because you haven't had jelly belly jelly beans. I, I don't care about I've had jelly belly all yeah. my life. Yeah, but these come in spinach flavor. No. Dirt. Blah. Vomit. <laughs> yeah. Earwax. Oh, great. Booger. No, yeah. I might try that. All right, I'll save you if some. If they're my own. Anyway, the headline in this article, I don't know if I'm going to finish the whole thing. It's long, and I'm not going to apologize anyway. I like it. Did Al-Qaeda trainee warn FBI before 9-11? It's uh, NBC News. Says he told agents of terrorists plan to hijack passenger planes more than a year before 9-11. A Pakistani-British man told the FBI an incredible tale that he had been trained by bin Laden's followers to hijack airplanes, and he was now in America to carry out an attack. The FBI questioned him for weeks, but then let him go home and never followed up. Now the former al-Qaeda insider is talking. Let him go home and never followed up. Just like all those uh, guys that were taking uh, flying lessons to fly, uh, only uh, just to fly straight, not take off or land. Yeah. In March 2000, Niaz Khan said he was down and out waiting tables in a curry house north of London, overwhelmed by gambling debts and increasingly drawn to the message of radical local Im a radical local imam. The imam extolled Osama bin Laden and the rewards for dying for jihad. Then one night, outside a casino in Manchester, England, Khan said two mysterious men approached him. First they say, we can help you, he calls Khan. I say, how can you help me? Say, okay, come sit in the car. Said, do you hear, uh, do you hear Osama's name? Huh? Khan, now, uh, the grammar's not the best, but then again, he probably don't speak. And Khan, now 30. About 30, man. Said the men told him they were working on behalf of Osama bin Laden, knew all about his background and gambling debts, information presumably gleaned from his fellow mosque members, and offered to teach him the ways of jihad. They gave Khan several thousand dollars and flew him to Lahore, Pakistan, where he waited for instructions in a local hotel. He says that bin Laden's followers then drove him blindfolded to a nearby safe house. 
Khan told NBC News that for the next few weeks, he was trained by al-Qaeda to hijack passenger planes and then sent to the U.S. But when he told the FBI, headquarters was skeptical, and after several weeks, senior FBI officials ordered him released to the custody of British intelligence. Khan said, I told them before 9-11, about more than a year before, about hijacking an America on an American airline. Khan said that at the Lahore training compound, he and up to 30 other men, about 30 men were taught hijacking basics, including how to smuggle guns and other weapons through airport security, techniques to overpower passengers and crew, and how to get into a cockpit. Khan says he didn't think about all the other people he might have killed and at the time didn't care. Not at that time, he said. If I die, it doesn't matter because this life anyway, it's no good. After about a week of training, Khan said he was given money to fly a circuitous route from Pakistan to Doha, Qatar, to London, to Zurich, Switzerland, back to London, then off to New York. The purpose, he said, was to allow him to observe flight operations and onboard security measures. Upon landing at JFK Airport, Khan said he was supposed to go to a taxi stand, find a man in a white prayer cap, and use a code. He said, your name Babu Khan, said Khan, and you'll be saying, yes, my name Babu Khan, or Baba Bui. But Khan claims he got cold feet. Instead of meeting his contract, he slipped away, retreated to New York, and then took a bus to Atlantic City and gambled away almost all his money. Fearful that he had blown out Qaeda's cash and aware that his terrorist trainers had copied his passport information and easily knew how to find him, Khan turned himself in and confessed, I've been to Pakistan, he said. I know about this hijacking. Something's going on. Khan said his trainers never told him exactly what his terrorist mission in the U.S. would be. He said he was told he would learn more details from a half a dozen other trained terrorists who he was told already were in the U.S. For three weeks, the FBI counter-terrorist agents in Newark, New Jersey, interrogated Khan, created composite drawings of his terrorist trainer and a fellow student, and then wired Khan up and took him back to JFK Airport, hoping to smoke out other conspirators, but they had no luck. Congress's 9-11 report confirms that in April of 2000, an unnamed walk-in told the FBI he was to meet five or six persons, some of them pilots, who would take over a plane and fly to Afghanistan or blow the plane up. The report adds that the walk-in passed a lie detector test. NBC News has learned that Khan passed not one but two FBI polygraphs. A former FBI official says Newark agents believe Khan and try to aggressively follow every lead in the case, but word came from headquarters saying, return him to London and forget about it, which critics say is exactly what the FBI did. How do you like that? Return him to London and... Forget about it. Right. But the FBI insisted investigated Khan's allegations thoroughly, could not confirm them, and had no legal grounds to hold him. Federal prosecutors agreed. FBI officials say they did the right thing in turning Khan over to British authorities and assumed they would carefully investigate. But NBC News has learned that New Scotland Yard only interviewed Khan for about two hours and then released him. Spokesman for Scotland Yard and MI5, the British intelligence agency, would not comment. They're mum. Khan said he watched the 9-11 attacks on television and was horrified. He said he was sad for the victims and relieved that he hadn't carried out any attacks of his own. To him, the 9-11 plot rang familiar. Maybe same plan, he said, maybe same training. There is no evidence that Khan was part of the 9-11 plot, but lawyers for 9-11 families urged him to tell his story, arguing it reveals a major missed clue. Khan says the British tabloids offered to pay him to tell his story, but he declined. He wants it known that he's not accepted any money for any interview. He is fearful for his life and at first was reluctant to talk to NBC. He changed his mind after a British newspaper published his name, and he says surreptitiously took his photograph. Once it was published, he agreed to go on camera to talk about what he sees as a missed opportunity. Khan remains surprised that to this day, the FBI, CIA, and Scotland Yard have never asked for his help in identifying the street address of the Lahore safe house where he and dozens of other men were trained. He says he saw some identifying signs and might be able to locate it today. I'm just surprised because they never came back to ask more things, he said. The FBI believed me, but maybe not didn't take it seriously enough. Now that he's told his story, 
confidence to go back into the shadows, branded by some a terrorist, by others a traitor to the cause. He's going into hiding. He's going a big fat mustache. Going to wear one of them uh, burkas and uh, whatever. Uh, Salman Rushdie has a few hiding places picked out. There you go. They have a club. Here's our first poll of the day. Since night, and we're going to turn it around at noon. We're going to turn it right around. You can stare at... Rectum. Right. Well, speaking of staring, don't forget Ursula Andress in the state of undress behind the beaded curtain today. Since 1960, who do you think was our best president? Of course, a lot of you don't care. We should put that on there, too, right? Right. Well, we don't. You know what? If you don't care, we don't care either. I'm not putting that on there. That's the easy way out for uh, lunkheads, which we have so many of out there. Lunkheads, idiots, morons. How does that affect my life? I don't care. That had nothing to do with whether I'm going to get laid tonight or not. Oh, okay. And, of course, in the case of most of those people, they aren't. 570 votes. Not too shabby here. Started this poll kind of late today because I was uh, confabulating about poor President Ronnie Reagan and Nancy. And her psychic and her astrologer. He never did anything without consulting Nancy, Mommy. They were popping jelly beans. He was taking long naps. But now, of course, they got, you know, they got the whole deal all built up here. He was the great communicator. He was a great leader. And like I said, everything is relative. So you look at what we got now and you look back at him and you say, hey, bring him back again, okay? Even in the box, he's got to be better than what we got now. And less dangerous. A lot less dangerous. Clinton, look at this. 353 votes out of 570. 62% for Bubba. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh. They're longing for the day, man. And to think those right-wing hypocritical uh, slime holes, man, dragged us through two years of penis gate and stain gate and Monica gate and you lied about it gate. Yeah. I wonder what Miss Fudge is lying about these days, huh? You faggot. Clinton 353, Reagan 97. See, Reagan pulled away to second place because it's all Reagan all the time now for a day. And Friday's the National Day of Mourning. Did you see that? I'm yeah. taking off Friday because of that. I'm going to go to the uh, ceremony. You bastard. No, I'm, I am. I'm taking off Friday because it's a national day of mourning for President Reagan. I don't want to be totally disrespectful. I'll put some bastard like you on Friday to be disrespectful. How do you like? And you'll probably say bad things about him yourself. I might. Bastard. Just about his hair, though. Clinton 353, Reagan 97. You worked with, you've been around people with worse hair than that. Absolutely. Wow. JFK 73. By the way, if Aaron Brown don't do something about that muskrat, people are going to start confusing him and Moe. That red, uh, that thing, it looked like a, uh, uh, like a mink coat on his head last night with the legs. JFK 73, then it's way down. Only those three get any positive, uh, Nixon 16. Bush 2 has got 11. Look at Nixon 17. George W. Bush has got only 11. Even the Bush apologists out there don't think he's all that great. Carter 9, Peanut Man. LBJ 7, with that big ego and that gigantic war. 58,000 kids came back in body bags, Mr. Great Society. You hard-ass crook. Bush won three, and Gerald Ford still stuck with two out of nearly 600 votes. Now, what we'll do at noon, when you're uh, not even looking, we'll turn it around and we'll say, since 1960, who do you think was our worst president? We'll have the same list. Won't that be fun? Okay. Huh? I know who wins. <laughs> now, don't be prejudging. You always have this habit of prejudging, okay? Yeah. Don't prejudge the pubic out there. They might shock you, but I doubt it. 
Hey, I've talked about dry concepts for a long time. You can prejudge this because I guarantee I'll bet George's life on it. They'll do for you a job the likes of which you've seldom seen, which you couldn't even believe because they dry clean your carpets. They're the only people in the world who do this. It's an exclusive patented method. Sucks out the deep down dirt way in there in the fibers of your carpeting, which makes them look like brand new, smell lemony fresh. They're dry in a couple of hours. They last longer. They stay cleaner longer. What's not to like? I've been using them in my house for over 20 years, and you ought to start doing the same. They've been around in town since 1979. So beware of those 595 per room scams and all those other carpet cleaners who like to rip you off. No surprises at the end with dry concepts because they give you a written guaranteed price up front before they start doing their spectacular job on your carpeting, your drapery, upholstery, all of these things. And don't forget when you call dry concepts, ask about being on their standby list, which can save you another 15% off their already unbeatable uh, price. So call them today tool free. You'll never do business with anybody else again. Call 1-800-248-5071. They're the best in the universe. 1-800-248-5071. Or check them out online at dryconcepts.com. This is Jennifer Lopez. I have to take my hormones every day to keep the hair from growing back around my nipples. And that's when I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Between 10 and noon or 10.30, whenever we start. Actually, we only had to pull on there for an hour and a half. We had over 600 votes. you see that? I saw it. Pretty impressive, considering how many people are left in town this time of the year. About 30, man. Right, and once the kids are off to school, which will be completely, I guess, the end of this week or is it next week? Something like that this week. Pretty soon. There'll be about five. Josh, George, Mo. Absolutely. And that's about it. Your mama. Since, and uh, your mama. Since 1960, who do you think was our best president? We can change that right now, Eric. Any second, any moment when you're ready. Because I printed this out. Actually, there were a bunch more, but they were all piling on of that Clinton thing. Let's not get too carried away, okay, as much as I like them. I, mean, I certainly voted for him, and I'm sure you did, too. I voted for JFK. I know. I know. That was before you were born. Nevertheless. I read, uh, I saw a documentary. That's what I did. Oh. 
I mean, I'm not knocking JFK. He was a great inspirational leader, and he was certainly a better speaker than Bubba. And he was doing more than his share of screwing around and had much better taste than Bubba, too, as a matter of fact, in that department. But uh, back in the day, uh, yeah. media just didn't talk about that kind of stuff. No. At any rate, well, that's not, not a bad choice. I'm just kind of shocked and uh, amazed. Well, somebody had to. Since 1960, who do you think was our best president? Clinton, 375, over 62%. Ronnie Reagan, 103, getting a heavy sympathy vote there today, 17%. But then again, he had some uh, pretty marginal competition. Uh, JFK, 74 then it's way on down, boy. You got the six real losers in there. No wonder we're in the problems that we're in today, man. No wonder the world is going to hell in a hand casket. Nixon, 18. George W. Bush, 12. That really says it all right there, doesn't it? It says something. Boy, Nixon, 18, and Bush, 2, 12. Jimmy Carter, 9. For those people like guys who had a brother that used to pee in the street. LBJ, 7. In fact, you know who would like uh, Jimmy Carter? Josh Beckett. Hey, Billy, can I give you a hand? I'll give you two hands. <laughs> that That's terrible. I think Josh made that up, that whole thing about Josh Beckett. He, he must have. Yeah. Carter, nine. LBJ, seven. Bush, one. Three for George Herbert Walker Bush, former director of the CIA, and uh, certainly a big businessman uh, with all his Saudi friends. Carlisle Group, all of these things. Trilateral Commission, the Bilderbergers. <laughs> And Gerald Ford has only got two. Well, he didn't uh, get elected anyway. He just kind of like uh, came. After Nixon said bye-bye, and then he made that kind of little deal, I beg your pardon. He said, okay, whatever you say. Pardon Nixon. I would... Nixon should have died in jail, you know what? Like Al Capone. Right, like uh, Louis Lepke in the uh, electric chair. Actually, Biography Channel over the weekend, they had another one of those. Uh, every now and then they get carried away with the mob uh, stories. Mm -hmm. So we had Louis Lepke and John Gotti and uh, oh, a whole bunch of these um all these people. Tomas Lucchese. One other thing, Reagan's legacy that the, I did hear mention briefly over the weekend, uh, is he would, he and his right-wing uh, fanatics, they succeeded in something that even Jimmy Carter couldn't do, and that is they made the word liberal a dirty word. Right. I mean, liberal used to be fine. Liberals were, uh, oh, everybody thought liberal was great. That means progressive. That means you're uh, for social change, for the better, for equality, for all of these good things. And then the Reagan people, that crowd made liberal a dirty word, unclean, you know. But Katrina Vandenhoevel writes in the Nation today. It's on our website. A lot of this stuff's on our website, but most of you people are too busy uh, getting fried. Is it still raining? Haven't checked lately. Well, have somebody uh, do a little. Uh, have somebody stick their neck out the window. In fact, maybe the beast could do it if you could find his neck. Thursday's Wall Street Journal report says, Katrina, that the American left is seeing signs of political revival. All right. As Bush's economic and foreign policies alienate growing numbers of Americans, more people are identifying themselves as liberals, while fewer are willing to call themselves conservatives, a term many believe has lost meaning since the fiscal excesses and extremist policies of the Bush administration have replaced traditional conservatism. As the unctuous Pat Buchanan would probably be happy to tell you, although he makes me sick too. The journal story reports that the shift in America's political identity is also reflected in the country's reading habits. As John Harwood writes, the flag, the flag, flagship publication of the left, The Nation, claims to have captured the highest circulation of any weekly political magazine. The article continues, The Nation has seen its circulation grow to 160,000 from nearly 140,000 in mid-2003 and just over 102,000 in June 2001. The latest figure exceeds the circulation of long-standing conservative stalwart National Review, which is down to roughly 155,500, down from 159,000 in mid-2001. How do you like that? The word liberal is making a comeback. Oh! So maybe George W. Bush, that's what he's going to do for us. Just like Reagan, 
started the deal here, making the word a little a dirty word. Maybe George W. Bush is going to make it like a uh, breath of fresh air again. Now, let's see. It's my turn to vote over here on my uh, thing. Now, let me think about this one real hard, okay? Oh, I just voted. <laughs> oh, I just voted there. Just, uh, I don't know. It was tough. You're right. He's off to a good start. Five six seven oh five sixty. Come on. Let's hear about... Uh, Let's see if Smarty uh, Jones can come back and defend his crown. Uh, the big oh, see, I can't believe he's really that stupid. That anybody really thinks that as a four-year-old he's going to run in a triple crown races again that are for three-year-olds? What's wrong with you, Orlando? Are you some kind of a goofball? Yes. Some kind of an idiota? Yes. Is that it? Some kind of a banana boat yes. clown? Yeah, man, he's weak. No wonder the humper hates him like poison. Five six seven oh five. And not personal. It's not personal. He's a good guy. Just business. You know, it's like Tom Jicka. I don't have anything personal against little Tommy. He's a good guy. He's, uh, you know, fun at the track. But business, oh, my God, what a disaster. Master of disaster. Buddy Gilmore in the third race at Yonkers. Uh, Bob Meyer has the call. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Did I mentioned what a great job Brian Sears did here at Mohawk Saturday? Yes. Nice going, Brian. WQM, hello. Uh, yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. I just want to say this weekend was a bunch of crap with all that Reagan stuff. I mean, I didn't what do you mean even this weekend? It. It's still going on, man. But, you know, I don't remember him that way. I remember high unemployment. He didn't care about no poor people. He did, He wasn't for AIDS research. Right. The rich got richer. The poor right. and the middle class got right. poor. Right. All of those things. Uh, high deficits, unconnected upstairs. He was a mental midget. I don't remember him being this great leader that they're making yeah, him out to be. He took a lot of good naps, though. Well, I mean, they're trying to rewrite history. He's not that person. Right, that, that's right. You're, you're absolutely right. They're trying to make him into the, the the only thing we keep hearing is the great communicator. He was the Teflon president. He could do no wrong. And, of course, uh, uh, because of the fact that he was a movie actor, he had that glib, you know, that style. And he had just uh, talked above all of this crap. You know, Rush Limbaugh's over there talking about how he's the greatest president of the 20th century. That's oh, I mean, my. I, well, what uh, do you expect from a drug-induced, pill-popping you know, idiot? What do you expect? Neil, and in closing, what are we going to do without the Gipper? Neil, the Gipper's going. <laughs> oh, get a grip around yourself, pal. Or not. You better not. They might be watching. Here's a fax that says, I know you've seen the Michael Moore trailer for the great... Yeah, I've, I've seen it. That's why we keep playing the audio on here, Pally. For the great movie Fahrenheit 9-11. I keep watching it. It's just great. Can't wait for it to come out. With that, now watch this drive and let the eagle soar. <laughs> See what the border it says. We'll be waiting for you. We'll be, we'll be waiting at uh, Casino Niagara. Oh, that's another thing. We got all kinds of casinos here in Ontario, eh? Do you know? Even the racetracks have casinos here. What a concept with mm -hmm. slots. Yeah, real. We're talking real casinos, not make believe. To show you, here, here's. A, I don't want to get diverted on this, but I will anyway. Everybody I talk to tells me the same thing. The Hard Rock uh, Casino in uh, what is that? Um, Holland. No, no, that's Hollywood. Where is Hollywood. 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 Yeah. On Hollywood. The, on the red. That place is packed. They're doing a businessman, yeah. the likes of which you can't believe. Why are they doing a business? Is it a great casino? No. No, I mean, I haven't been inside, but I'm talking about by the reports I get. They're not even like real, regular slot machines. But they're doing a land office business because the public is desperate for some action, for some fun. People want to go someplace where they can have a good time. Governor Bush, Reverend Bush, our reverend and thief. Here's a guy that's so pious he's worried about the Terry Schiavo's uh, keeping that bitch alive. And in the meantime, he helped his brother steal the election, him and his girlfriend, Catherine Harris. How do you like that? Talk about a bunch of hypocrites. Talk about a bunch of freaking liars. 
Here's another one of those people, very quietly, uh, sitting back there with his PNAC buddies. Here's another one of the most dangerous people on the globe today is your governor, Jeb Bush. And let me say it again, how the people of Florida elected him again, somebody ought to look into that election. We keep having all these stories about rigged voting machines and so on. I think it was kind of like uh, three for me and one for you, one of those deals, you know what I mean? How could anybody be that stupid to vote for this uh, sucker again, huh? Twelve minutes past. See, this is good because I can <laughs> use that for anything now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Even like bag. Yeah. King mm -hmm. idiot. Things like that. <laughs> How's uh, Muff doing? Uh, seen her at all today? Or maybe she's no. uh, maybe she's on vacation. But, of course, he always comes in and gives us a breathless announcement when he's been on vacation. What's the deal there? Maybe he went back to have his Rectum. rechecked after a rough weekend. Twelve minutes past noon at 560, WQM is your company suffering from regulations and increased labor costs. Let Oasis Outsourcing help you. When it comes to the people side of your business, payroll administration, Fortune 500 company employee benefits, human resource services, and risk management are just a few of the services Oasis Outsourcing can cover to help your business be more profitable. Call Oasis Outsourcing today for a free evaluation at 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747. With more than 60,000 employees worldwide, Oasis Outsourcing understands the many facets of human resource management. Outsourcing is being recognized by firms both large and small as a powerful management choice, which lets you focus on your core business while you leave the operational details to the folks at Oasis Outsourcing. So let Oasis Outsourcing make your business a lot more profitable if you'd like a free evaluation with absolutely no obligation. Call them toll free, 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747. For Oasis Outsourcing. Live, live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Cresta Canada, Judio Bastardo. I now for another gay Massachusetts wedding. Who would like to see? Do you, John Kerry, take Ted Kennedy to be your lawfully wedded husband? Well, he's filthy rich. That meets my criteria. I do. Do you, Ted Kennedy, take John Kerry to be your lawfully wedded husband? Era, era, do us. You may now kiss the rich white liberal. Era, come here, you. Bring it on. Twelve seventeen at 560 WQM. Here's some good news for you. Martha's sentencing delayed. Okay. The federal judge overseeing Martha Stewart's legal case is delayed her sentencing hearing till July the 8th, her lawyer said. Well, it's good news for you because it'll give you something to talk about in July. Okay. Well, that, that's right. She wasn't going to be sentenced anyway until June 17. Well, uh, like I said, Stewart is convicted March 5th of obstructing justice during a government probe into some of her personal stock sales, was due to be sentenced June 17. Legal experts have said she faces a year in prison or more. The delayed hearing comes more than two weeks after government prosecutors charged a key witness with lying while testifying at her trial. And like the inquirer says, they were out to get her and make an example of that bitch. How do you like that? Yeah. Now, Dave the cop, who I told you don't send any more uh, faxes, but this is a good fax, so i got to read it because he signs it Dave the Liberal. We know it's you, Dave the cop. You're not fooling anybody. Go out and make some uh, coffee and get some donuts. Hope hopefully not Dunkin' Donuts. God, they suck. I mean, I, I hate to keep saying that, but it's just my opinion. I just don't like Dunkin' Donuts. I can't eat donuts anyway. But the idea that if there was a choice, in other words, if there were like a dozen Krispy Kreme and a dozen Dunkin' Donuts sitting on that counter out there by uh, Clarence's desk, I mean, yeah. is there any choice? Well, wait, first of all, you could leave all the Dunkin' Donuts for Josh. I'll take them. Now, I bet you will. And I'll tell you a little later what you can do with them. 
But, uh, I mean, Dunkin' Donuts are just so dry and pasty, you know? Kind of like Dave Van Boring's hairpiece. Anyway, I don't want to get you into trouble. Right-wing talk show, yeah, I do. Right-wing talk show hosts such as Schnitt and Glenn Beck's, as uh, Dave the Liberal, are already warning and preparing their audience for the release of Michael Moore's movie, which I'm glad, uh, an extra good reason that he sent me this fax, because it reminded me to play that trailer one more time. You can make people do anything if they're afraid. The FAA is taking the action to close all of the airports in the United States. All commercial and airline traffic was grounded. But we had some airplanes authorized at the highest levels of our government to pick up Osama bin Laden's family members and transport them out of this country. In the middle of the war, corporations decided to hold a conference to figure out how much money could be made. Once that oil starts flowing, it's going to be lots of money. Whatever it costs, the government will pay you. It's going to be good for business, bad for the people. Congressman, trying to get members of Congress to get their kids to enlist in the Army and uh, go over to Iraq. The USA Patriot Act allows for searches of medical and financial records. It gives law enforcement almost unlimited power. They wait till the middle of the night. It's printed in the middle of the night. How could Congress pass this Patriot Act without even reading it? Sit down, my son. Well, we don't read most of the bills. No one read it. Members of Congress, this is Michael Moore. I would like to read you the USA Patriot Act. Let the eagle soar. From the corridors of power. Congressman. Congressman. To the streets of small town America. To the front lines. Interested crowd to have and to have more. Some people call you the elite. I call you my base. Comes the true story that will make your temperature rise. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Oh my God. Coming to a theater near you Friday, June 25th, two weeks from this Friday, Fahrenheit 9 11. Getting back to a Dave the Cops, uh, I mean Dave the Liberals facts. The right wingers already are warning and preparing their audience for the release of the movie. They tell them not, don't see the movie, but if they do, keep in mind that it's all fake. Right. It's so pathetic that right-wingers must always be told what to think and what to do by those they hold in high regard. That's one of the reasons why I know that liberal talk radio won't succeed, because liberals usually are better informed and better critical thinkers and don't need to listen to the radio to be told what to think. I tried listening to Air America, but they constantly talk about stuff I already know, so what's the point? P.S. Tomatoes are not vegetables, but the Gipper was for the last 12 years. That's bad, Dave. <laughs> that is so insensitive and cruel that I probably shouldn't read that on the air. Good what does fact. it say again? Tomatoes are not vegetables, but the Gipper was uh, for the last 12 years. No, it wasn't tomatoes. It was ketchup was a vegetable. When they, right. when they were arguing about uh, you know school budgets and school lunches. And the, oh, well, ketchup uh, satisfies the need for a vegetable. That was Nancy's idea, by the way. I'm sure a psychic told her that. Kind of like Marie Antoinette in reverse, let them eat ketchup. Only John Travolta said, let them eat mayo on their fries, like in Amsterdam. And let them smoke a big fat one, too. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. We have a troubling number on this uh, second poll here so far. Out of the first 121 votes, it's not looking too good for W in this crowd. Since 1960, since after the Eisenhower era, 
Who do you think was our worst president? Bush the tooth, George W.'s got 78, 64.4%. Oh, my God. Jimmy Carter, 14. Jimmy Carter was a disaster. An absolute disaster. He kind of left me with a feeling of malaise, you know? Mm -hmm. In fact, Malaysia. I think they should have sent his ass to Malaysia. Would have been good. Carter, 14. Clinton, 10. That, of course, is the uh, stain on the, on the blue dress crowd. Nixon, 6. Reagan, 5. JFK four, we know who those people are. You know what I mean? Incredible. Yeah, that your people. Ford two, Bush one one, and LBJ one. See, Bush one didn't elicit much uh, sentiment, good, bad, or <laughs> just uh, nothing. You know, and I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. He was pretty weak, pretty lame, a wimp, which we knew going in. Read my lips. But uh, but dangerous, and and quite frankly, uh, I didn't think that this one would be as dangerous as he was. But this one's ten times more dangerous because this one's stupid. Surprise. See, at least Bush one uh, had an intellect. He had an IQ larger than his thumbnail. Mm -hmm. He was an and he always had uh, Martha Washington to you know keep him calm when things got really tense. Anybody with hair like that? In fact, I when she, when they used to be on together, I used to think to myself, Are you sure that's not his mother? I mean, that's his wife. Yeah. That's disrespectful, Neil. No, it's just honest. She's uh, an old bag. She was a, I think she was an old bag when she was a child. Old Barbara Bush. I keep thinking about that quote. Oh, she doesn't want to have to see all those pictures, uh, all those terrible things of these uh, soldiers and the... the uh, yeah, right. Right, let's pr protect us from all the unpleasant things of all the carnage and destruction and devastation that your uh, son is causing. Oh, it wasn't Dave the Cop. Oh, look at that. Oh, thank goodness. It's uh, somebody else, Dave the Liberal, because he just faxed and said it wasn't him. Well, that's even better, and uh, don't fax us anymore, Dave the Cop, for a while. Take a couple weeks off. Fax George all summer long. Keep him busy. Robin E. Blumner writes, these, these are on our website, I think some of these, and if not, uh, most of you aren't going to read them anyway, so I'll read them anyhow. Right? Because uh, what kind of calls are we going to get today? WQAM, hello. Hello? QAM, yes, sir. That was a great bit you played there. Was that Alvin Lee and 10 years after? Yeah, uh-huh. Like I told you, WQM, hello. Not there, see? Now that line, something's going on with that, isn't there? It might be. That's a weird sound. Yeah, it's a very weird sound. It sounds like Bell South again is potching around with our phone. WQM, hello. Hello, Neil. How you doing? Pretty good, sir. I'm curious. When Nixon resigned, did we have Spiro, didn't Spiro T. Agnes? And what I tell you, what, what the Wasn't near Spiro T. <laughs> that was outstanding. Yeah. Like I said, let's take a lot of calls. Um, man, I was hoping you'd let that play out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could smell that one, man. I wanted to see where it was going. I think somebody spiked his Spiro tea, if you ask me. That was beautiful. See what I mean? Nothing like these phone calls, man, to make my day every day. You guys are a bunch yeah. of faggots. <laughs> okay, Junior, thanks a lot. Okay. Now go back and put on your jock strap, or just take a shower with those naked guys again, okay? Junior. Get the honey, Junior. Say out. 26 past noon, speaking of honey and speaking of fat people. Well, Junior, say I was, uh, he could lose an ounce or two, couldn't he? He's got a fat ass. That's what Josh told me. He said he puts Pudge Rodriguez to shame. He's got a big ass, Junior, say out. Now what you said? That's what you said. No, what? I never, I haven't seen Junior Seau since he played for the Chargers. That's a long time ago, man. I haven't been around, you know. 
I'm watching the Patriots. I'm watching Tom Brady. I'm watching the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup tonight. Brad Richards with a hat trick. Nice going, Brad. Stick it in there, baby, in the puck, too. Hey, speaking of, like I was starting to say before, the honey and be fat, everybody's fat. If, even watching Tom Durkin the other day on that Belmont telecast, I wanted to cry. Tom Durkin's a great guy. He's a great race caller, him and along with our buddy Dave Johnson, the two best in history. And he's just huge. He's just enormous. Well, if you're one of those people who's fat as a cow and don't want to die from it, maybe you're doing balance for life. And, of course, the big issue for a lot of the balance for lifers is should you do the five-day or seven-day plan? People have fistfights about that. Well, the five-day plan does not include the weekends, but what if you just want a few meals on Saturday and Sunday? The seven-day plan has got all the meals, but what if you have dinner plans for the weekend? It's all or nothing. Well, now, Balance for Life, to solve your dilemma, has created the six-day plan. On Friday night, you'll get one bag for the entire weekend, so you can choose which meals you want to eat and when. The best part about this plan is, since Balance for Life is the only meal delivery service that offers you choices, you can choose meals from either the Saturday or Sunday menu. What's not to like? And to add to this plan, if you tell the wonderful people at Balance for Life where you're going to eat out, they'll tell you which items on the menu are Balance for Life approved. They might even stalk you at the restaurant. What a complete service. And Balance for Life is working exclusively with a few local restaurants to label menu items Balance for Life approved. And when they find out, well, maybe they'll tell us about which restaurants they are, too. Would that be great? Maybe. Be a nice Don't touch. You're right. Move over Atkins because the zone is the way to go. And by the way, Troy Stratford, you really screwed up Pompano. It's a good thing that I got a good memory on Friday, you idiot. Plus, keep an eye on that website, balanceforlife.com, for new and exciting changes. Log on now and register for their newsletter. So if you're one of those people who try desperately to get off that extra poundage with Balance for Life, here's some new and exciting things for you. Check it on the web at balanceforlife.com or make that call 1-866-225-4543. That's 1-866-225-4543. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. And bout it all the time. Yeah. They call him womanizing low life slime. But nudies chasing girlies all around the desk. That's why his shirts are tucked, his hair is a mess. Who would have thought, whoever would have thought that? Alright, here we go on the desk, let's go. Uh, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the committee would like to know. Uh, are those high heel shoes sticking out from under your desk? I see. Okay, then. Uh, uh, the committee sees no impropriety here, and uh, there'll be no further investigation. I saw him working on his pickup lines. Okay. You come here often, baby. Watch your sign. A pretty young Republican and all alone. Hey, pretty baby, can I give you the phone? The junior speaker of the house. Newt Gingrich does the hanky panky. Absolutely. 
Oh, this just in. Nancy Reagan arrives at Funeral Home in Santa Monica. She don't look a day uh, over the age of 105. I actually uh, feel relief for her, even though I can't stand her. Look, look at her. Are you looking at that on CNN? No, I'm looking at this. What? Oh, okay, now I am. Look at that. She looks like the mask of death is on her face, doesn't she? I mean, I granted, I mean, she's just, there huh? with her daughter. They're all reconciled now. You mean uh, Maureen? Oh, that's right. She's the yeah. dead one. Yeah. No, now, let me, now, let me figure this out, because there's Ron Jr., mm. the ballet dancer. Uh, what's the deal now? Who's uh, Jane Wyman was his first wife, Reagan, right? Okay. Now, who's uh, who's, who's I, by whom? I don't know. You don't know? There was Patty Reagan and Maureen Reagan, who died of cancer, and you got uh, Ronnie Jr., that uh, ballet dancing uh, twit, and uh, who else? Is that Patty there? Patty Davis. Patty Davis with uh, Nancy Davis, Reagan. Oh, that's right. She's, so she's uh, Nancy's daughter by another marriage, right? Okay. And he's somebody's daughter by, I don't, by, I don't know, by hook or by crook, I guess, uh, Ronnie Jr. I don't follow the American royalty scene. But you better get with it. Well, what do you mean the American royalty scene? There was only one Reagan president until Ron Reagan gets uh, in there. I don't care about his family. <laughs> Although I did look at those naked pictures. Did you really? Sure. All the Fear That's Fit to Print by Robin Blumner. I, I threatened to read this before tonight. I just uh, got it sidetracked. Talking about the big race on Saturday, because I know a lot of our people are big racing fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. The case of Brandon Mayfield, the Oregon lawyer, who was a suspect in the March 11 train bombings in Madrid because his fingerprint ostensibly matched one found in a bag of explosive detonators, raises a host of troubling questions that someone in Congress should be asking. How is it possible for a fingerprint match to be inaccurate after being confirmed as a 100% identification by three FBI experts as well as a defense hired expert? What does that say about the dependability of fingerprint analyzation? Why was Mayfield detained under the material witness statute when that law was designed to address the problem of witnesses, not perpetrators of crimes, who are a flight risk? Why did the FBI have Mayfield's Army fingerprints on file, and why could they be searched at will? Mayfield was detained on May 6th and held for nearly two weeks as a material witness in the terrorist attack that killed nearly 200 people, injured about 2,000. He was released with an apology from the FBI. We now know that Mayfield's fingerprint was not the one on the incriminating bag. Instead, the FBI says the print belongs to Orhan Daoud, an Algerian national, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, yet according to the FBI, Mayfield's fingerprints matched the print lifted by Spanish authorities at 15 particular ridge points. Remember Riva Ridge? No. This is far more than what is often acquired, required in criminal court to assert an absolute match. In the Washington Post last month, Jennifer Mnookin, law professor at the University of Virginia, wrote, experts have declared positive fingerprint matches in court, even finding after fewer than eight points. And what kind of a name is Mnookin? What the Mayfield case suggests is that fingerprint matches may not be the gold standard of proof that law enforcement has held it out to be. Mnookin said the serious concerns about reliability of fingerprint analyzation have been roundly ignored. First, she said, we really don't know whether each fingerprint is unique. Since valid statistics don't exist, it could be that many people have fingerprints so similar as to be virtually indistinguishable. Did you know that? You do now. Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah, I did. Oh. Another concern identified by Mnookin is the growth of databases holding fingerprints. The FBI's integrated automated fingerprint identification system contains more than 45 million prints. The more prints, the more likely there will be false positive matches implicating someone innocent with what is put forth as unassailable proof. The FBI says the mistake was made because of the poor quality of the digital image of the Madrid fingerprint, but it also appears there was a rush to judgment against Mayfield, whose match was one of a number spit out by the computer. 
Mayfield became the prime suspect because he had represented a terrorism defendant in a custody matter, and he advertised in a Muslim telephone book that was run by a former assistant of Osama Yamama bin Laden, the kind of associations that many in the Muslim community could easily have. Here is religious profiling at work. The consequences can be highly destructive to innocent lives, but, of course, who in this administration cares about that? Then there's the most distressing aspect of this case, which is the way due process was bypassed with the use of the material witness statute. The law was designed to hold witnesses who were likely to leave the country to avoid testifying, but has been transformed by John Ascroft's Justice Department as a tool of preventive detention. Since 9-11, at least 50 individuals have been locked up, first investigated later, with many released without being called as witnesses at all. In Mayfield's case, there was insufficient cause to charge him with a crime, so the Justice Department used what was handy. It is worth noting that weeks prior to Mayfield's arrest, Spanish authorities had raised questions over the accuracy of the FBI fingerprint match, but FBI officials didn't wipe the arrogance from their eyes until a more logical suspect emerged. Mayfield's prints were available to the FBI because he had been arrested once as a juvenile and had been in the U.S. Army. According to Paul Bresson, FBI spokesman, in addition to fingerprints of known criminals and arrestees, the agency maintains the prints of everyone who's held a federal government job or has been in the armed forces since 1924. The prints are collected so the FBI may conduct a criminal background check, but after the check is complete, the prints are not destroyed. They're kept nearly indefinitely for use when the FBI is looking for suspects. I bet the men and women of the armed forces have little idea that years after they completed their service, their fingerprints are scanned for any potential criminals and terrorists among them. Congress has taken some interest in Mayfield's case. Members have sent the Justice Department letters raising questions, and the topic is expected to come up when Ashcroft appears before the Senate Judiciary Committee this week. They should keep on it. It is up to lawmakers to set limits on how this war on terrorism is fought, either with respect for due process rights and privacy or not. Or not. I think right at the moment, I think not would be the operative term. And speaking of the Patriot Act... And the yeah. thing in that clip from the Fahrenheit 9-11 and the fact that nobody read the bill in Congress? Right. The Broward County Commission registered their opposition and declared it unconstitutional uh, on a, whatever the hell day that was. And two minutes till midnight, the Sun Sentinel put that story on their website, and it never appeared in the next day's newspaper. It vanished. All of these things continue mis uh, dis disappearing mysteriously All of these things. in the middle of the night, or being printed mysteriously in the middle of the night, as the case may be. Just a coincidence, I guess, huh? Must be. Sure. 1241 at 560 WQM. Kimba Bo Camper for the Mad Dog at 2. The Humper at 4 from Shula Steak, too. Then we got the big... Oh! You just can't wait to see uh, Smarty Jones in the Derby again next year. And in the Belmont, he'd probably do better. Eddie K at 10 o'clock, and then overnight, it's a total loss. 1247 at 560 WQAM. 259 votes on poll number 2. First two hours, we asked who was our best president since uh, 1960, and Clinton wins hands down with over 62% of the vote. Bubba. Yeah. With all his warts and pimples and uh, growing nose, he still wins hands down, over 62%. But who was our worst president? 259 votes. Uh, the Bushmeister, the tooth, W, 166, 64%. Oh, my God. How do you like that? Yeah. Clinton, 28. Carter, 24. How is that possible? Well, it's just, it's because of recent history and because of the Clinton bashers, you know, they're just out there salivating. Ah, you know, I don't want to send their very worst. They don't like the fact that he was getting a little, uh, ahead of his time. Carter 24, Reagan 16, Nixon 9, JFK 5, uh, Gerald Ford 4, LBJ 4, and Bush 1 3. He was kind of like, like that porridge, you know, not too hot, not too cold, just a mediocre, just lukewarm. Not a whole lot of people like him. Not a whole people dislike him. It's just uh, eh, like that. Come see, come sa. Eh. Come how? 
Bush won. Sigh. Oh, look at this. Here's LL Cool J talking about Reagan. People, you know, in different ways, like, well, you know, if you do this, you can't do that. And if you do that, you can't do this. Well, guess what? He was a movie star, and he became president of the United States. Well, how do you like that? You tell him, LL Cool J. You tell him. <laughs> oh, Tony Bennett. When he was governor, and he had me sing for the boys that came back from Vietnam. And it was unforgettable. It was unforgettable. Tony Bennett. In the day over 110, there's Sarah Co. Jessica Barker. Leader. I a long and, and very rich life. What's new, Sarah? There's, and I think the thing that most of us will remember is that he passed away in the loving care of his family, which so many people in this country who have Alzheimer's. Yeah, he showed us what a real vegetable is, okay? Forget about that ketchup crab, Nancy. I, I think he was getting even with her, you know what? for coming up with that crap that ketchup is a vegetable, punishing all the children of America going to school and being uh, deprived of their real uh, nutrition and health. That's probably why we got a bunch of running around right now. It's probably all a Reagan thing, when you think? ADHD on him. Right. And HDTV. Right. And uh, all the other things, too, if you ask me. Anything evil. He was always talking about the evil empire. Now we got the one with his evil doers. And Ted Kennedy's drinking that evil doers. <laughs> Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Want to intersperse a few of your calls today? Get some of your thoughts, uh, or or not, <laughs> as, as the case may be. WQAM. Hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's ironic when when uh, Ronald Reagan was in office, and then the the wall came down in Germany and Russia collapsed. He set Gorbachev up in San Francisco to run a Greenpeace organization. Mm -hmm. You know. And then, to top it off, the guy winds up, um... Dead, yeah. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Were you following that one there? Nope. Something about uh, what Josh Beckett likes to do on his hands, I think, is what he said. Some, some word in there. 5670560, WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, talk about Ronald Reagan in the, in the 80s. Yeah. I'm in the medical equipment business, and we used to deal with... Um, you know, when AIDS first came out, mm -hmm. you do, I don't know, many people don't know this, like 95% of the hemophiliacs, we used, we used to deal with children, and they were coming down with AIDS. And then you had all these hate mongers and all these people saying, all oh, these people deserve to die and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're dealing with kids, and they didn't do anything, and just because of a, a condition that... Yeah, blood, you know, blood transfusion, right. Because of the bad blood. Like Ryan and, you White. Know, 95%... So it's really, it's in that whole mentality back then, I, I had no respect for the guy anyway, in, in my opinion. You can't see people die and little, little die and then have no no um, no compassion for them. Well okay. said, man. Thanks. Thank you. Well said. Oh, it's a fag thing. You know, he was a heartless uh, right-wing fanatic. And uh, because of the fact he was a movie star, he talked with that very glib, uh, with that soft tone, you know. Therefore, it's, it's a cosmetic appearance that counts in the minds of millions, including these jackholes in the media now that are making a big song to dance about this. He was a non-compassionate right-wing fascist. Kind of just like we got what we got right now, even though they just changed the name. They're now just, watch this drive. Yeah, watch this drive. Oh, brother. If, if you have a minute... Go online on michaelmoore.com and just click on where it says view the trailer of Fahrenheit 9-11. You really have to see it. It'll just take, it's about uh, two minutes long. It's really well worth it. It'll get you salivating for that movie coming out two weeks from Friday. He's he got the chutzpah. He's standing there. And, of course, you really, when you see that clip, you don't know where he's standing. You don't realize he's on a golf course. He's standing there in his uh, t 
T-shirt, the striped T-shirt, and going on about, well, these terrorists, uh, we have to we have to get them wherever they are in the world. These uh, evil terrorists, and they have to be caught and tracked down. And then, then all of a sudden, the camera backs away a little bit, and you see that he's pulling out a, a driver, a golf club, and he starts, now watch this drive. And there he goes whacking the golf ball, man. Just, you know, so perfect, so outstanding, as you'd expect from Michael Moore. See, this is one guy who's not going to sit back. He already had this experience before when he tried to do bowling for Columbine, and they tried uh, to bury it in deep six it before the fact. And then it was that one school librarian. Remember that story? Sure. And then a whole bunch of school librarians got together and put up a, a fuss. People that won't sit still for censorship, they don't believe in this crap, okay? Those are the people that uh, made this thing, and that's eventually why the book and the movie got made. But you won't find any guts at Disney, I'll tell you that. You won't find any guts at uh, most of the big publishers because they're very busy putting out Pablum. Thank God for the Weinstein brothers there, for buying that uh, from Miramar, Miramax in Miramar, whatever the hell it was. Right. Thank God for them, for those good Jewish boys. Oi! See, they're not voting for uh, Bush. I'll guarantee you that. We need to find some Jews for Kerry, okay? Not just the well-to-do uh, snobbish uh, Jews for Bush, which I encountered a few of them during my week down there. That was that was disgusting. That was sickening and nauseating, revolting, grotesque. One thing I found is that all the people that all of them that I've encountered who have associated with the stock market, with finance, with uh, you know big bucks. Well, no matter what their religious persuasion, they're always for the Republican du jour, whichever fascist du jour is coming down the pike. They're all for it. Maybe if Hitler had been good for business. Hey, listen, I get that some of the Jews in Germany supported him. Are you kidding? I know. I saw that those movies. Well, there you go. Five six seven oh five sixty. But we're supposed to like remember Ronald Reagan. Well, can they get this crap over with already, no. or what? Oh boy. I, I'm trying to forget him. I'm trying to develop compartmental Alzheimer's and just have that one little part of my brain forget him and forget that he was ever around. Couldn't say the word AIDS, couldn't articulate it, could not enunciate it for a long, long time. WQAM, hello. QAM, hello. Not there. Two in a row. Can we go for three? WQAM, hello. QAM. WQM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. I'm O'Neill. Speaking. Hey, I got a great bit I'm gonna pull off today. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a costume shop and I'm gonna get me a Ronald Reagan mask and I'm gonna yeah. get this drunk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a good idea. A good way Wait to for me. Right. Good way to commemorate the passing of our fortieth president. There you go. Just get blitzed. Put on the old Ronnie Ray gun mask. Matter of fact, yeah. You know how we have that bit, and I think we can still play that pot kills bit. Right. Get your Ronnie Reagan mask and roll you up a big fatty. Pot kills. Judy Garland, Lenny Bruce, Elvis Presley. They all died while sitting on the toilet. Remember, pot kills. Stay off the pot. A reminder from the Home Safety Council. Just say no. to that wicked weed, baby, or not as the case may be, all depending on which Jamaican dealer you're doing business with. George has got a list of some good names. How, do How come it is that the Jamaican men tend to be a little bit more, I guess because they got the good crap, but they're just, I don't know, a different breed, but they don't have that imperious attitude that the women do? I beg to differ. They do? Although with the exception of Hudson. Yeah, you don't know any Jamaican men. Oh, who are you kidding, man? We've seen Jamaican. you at that barber shop over there. Are you kidding me? Okay. 
1256 at right, right kitty corner uh, Chuck Subcenter over there on the corner. I know where you hang out. Come on. Right by between the barber shop and at the convenience store. That's where all the good deals go down. Oh, they got hey, if you're trying to lose weight by following one of those low-carb diets, the Lights of West Boca has helped thousands of low-carb dieters achieve their weight loss goals. Today, shopping for the right low-carb products has become more and more confusing. Now, most of the so-called low-carb products on the grocery store shelves won't even help you lose weight because uh, they're loaded with carbs. Selecting foods with the right ingredients as well as the lowest carbs is the key. That's what it's all about. Delights focuses on over a thousand of the right low-carb items and products that you can sample before you buy them. Anything in the store, try it before you buy it. And they have a staff that knows the dieting inside and out. So if you're on the Atkins, Sugar Busters, South Beach, or any low-carb, sugar-free diet, head for Delights of West Boca, the number one low-carb store in the universe, and let them help you reach your important weight loss goals and stay alive, unlike Ronnie Reagan. Stay alive. They're open to everyone. He was 93. That's much more than enough. They're open every day, seven days a week from 10 till 10. Delights of West Boca is on the northeast corner of Glades and 441, right next to Boston Market. Call them toll-free, 1-877-LOW-CARB, L-O-W. C-A-R-B, or on the web, it's lowcarb.com with a W. Don't forget, Delights of West Boca, it's your official Atkins Retail Center. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. Q-A-N. This is your president speaking. Yeah, I got so much time nowadays, I even listen to that Neil Rogers one to two hour. It's good. It's good. How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison. Abu I'll tell you, that was a very moving thing on Saturday that they had to show us the flag at half-mast on top of the White House. They couldn't just yeah. report to us that the president ordered the flag lowered. They had to show it to us breathlessly. Breaking news! The flag has been lowered to half-mast at the White House. Aren't you shocked? Yeah, and dismayed. And then actually see it. It was just a fly-opener to me. 102 at 560, WQM Kimba Bo Camper for the Mad Dog at 2. Michelle Cottle of uh, CBS News writes, Team Bush is on a religious crusade. All of these things. Yeah. A mighty army of religious warriors is being assembled on the president's behalf, writes Michelle. She says, Karl Rove is no idiot. I realize this observation sounds obvious, but it bears repeating. Often as Democrats in Washington's chattering class become increasingly excited about conservatives' increasingly public criticism of the Bush administration. Perhaps more than any other field, politics embraces the kick-a-guy-when-he's-down outlook. Thus, with W. suffering a popularity slump due to his breathtakingly mismanaged Iraq odyssey, it's unsurprising that many on the right have begun to grouse about other Bush moves that they see as ideologically impure. Sure, the tax cuts were great, but what about the massive deficits run up on W.'s watch? 
The White House can jaw about the cost of fighting terrorism all at once, but a budget analysis conducted by, of all folks, the Heritage Foundation, indicates that less than half of the new spending under Bush has been related to defense or homeland security. Conservatives are less than thrilled about the president's big government prescription drug bill, not to mention his noxious, federally intrusive No Child Left Behind program. And speaking of intrusive, a colorful mix of right-wingers, including the leadership of the Eagle Forum, the American Conservative Union, and the Free Congress Foundation, think the Patriot Act could use some serious tweaking before John Ashcroft starts implanting spy cams in everyone's underpants. Concerns about Bush's conservative credo won't be eased by the fact that members of his own party have launched legislative crusades and conflict within his administration positions. Georgia ex-Congressman Bob Barr, you know, the one with the funny little mustache, is lobbying hard for an overhaul of the Patriot Act, while Oklahoma Congressman Ernest Istook uh, keeps pestering Majority Leader Tom DeLay for a vote on a balanced budget amendment. Realistically, such an amendment's got about as much chance of victory this year as Dennis Kucinich, but a vote on the issue, something DeLay reportedly promised Istook just before the Memorial Day recess, could prove uncomfortable both, both for the White House and congressional conservatives as Democrats begin musing about how the deficits got so big, what draconian cuts would be needed to achieve a balanced budget, and why exactly so many Republicans spent so many months arguing that deficits don't matter. The anti-Bush forces are understandably giddy about W's intraparty blues. For one thing, it must come as a tremendous relief to discover that even this president's Teflon coating will get sticky if enough mud is splashed on it. Who could have predicted that Chalabi would turn out to be this big of a sleazeball? More broadly, Democrats have grown accustomed to being the party of self-destructive internecine bloodletting. For them, the very idea of Republicans publicly savaging one another is the political equivalent of free porn. But this brings us back to my original reality check. Karl Rove is no idiot. The Dark Wizard is well aware of his president's troubles, and even as the Beltway boys and girls obsess over Iraq, Team Bush is furiously sucking up to the base on domestic issues. Just this week, W delivered a keep-the-faith barn burner to nearly 2,000 religious leaders and social service workers assembled in Washington for the White House Conference on Faith-Based and Community Initiatives. In his best preacher's voice, Bush spoke of souls lost and found, the power of the good book, and the need to surrender one's life to a higher being. But his larger goal, reminding the audience of what a key friend he's been. Stressing his commitment to government funding of religious groups, Bush noted that when an obstinate Congress tried to block his plans, he outsmarted them by signing an executive order. Take that, you godless legislators. The more illuminating speech, however, came from Jim Toey, Bush's faith-based czar, who helpfully focused the crowd on the fierce culture war still raging in this country. Iraq may be getting all the press these days, he allowed, but there's also another war that's going on that really gets to the heart of the questions about what the role of faith is in the public square. If the anti-Bush forces wind up carrying the day, Toei reportedly warned, you could almost wind up creating a godless orthodoxy. For peddling such divisive partisan rhetoric at an official White House event, Toei most likely earned a cookie and a pat on the back from the Dark Wizard. But the, faith, uh, the faith-based conservative uh, conference revival, let me try it again, but the faith-based conference revival was just one stop on Team Bush's crusade. Last week, the president met with several members of the religious media. This week, during a trip west, he was scheduled to swing by Colorado Springs to kiss the ring of evangelical power broker James Dobson. Finally, and perhaps most impressively, on Thursday, the New York Times broke news that the Bush campaign is working to recruit literally thousands of friendly congregations to aid its re-election efforts by identifying volunteers willing to distribute campaign materials, facilitate voter registration, and pray for a plague of frogs to paralyze blue state voting on Election Day. Just kidding about that last part. In Pennsylvania alone, 1,600 churches have been contacted. This move, at least, captured the attention of Democrats who promptly fired off outraged emails accusing the Bushies of mixing church and state. The Democrats are right to be furious and terrified. 
Rove has, a law, has long vowed to make sure evangelical voters turn out this year in far greater numbers than in 2000, and every new Iraq failure makes it that much more important for Team Bush to remind social conservatives who is with them on hot-button issues like gay marriage and partial birth abortion, homegrown moral atrocities that inflamed the right far more than anything that went down at Abu Ghraib. The Bush campaign is unlikely to spread this particular message via nationwide TV ad blitz since much aggressive moralizing might give swing voters the willies. But they will spread it through every conservative broadcaster, religious publisher, and friendly congregation they can find. A mighty army of religious warriors is being assembled on the president's behalf. With this in mind, the Kerry camp had better not get too wrapped up in Iraq or Vietnam. This is a two-front war. And Team Bush is working hard to convince Americans that, as in all battles, God is on its side. How do you like that, huh? Oh, God! The Lord wants the Bushmeister. Yeah. Oh, there's the hearse. William Randolph Hearst, there it is with uh, Ronnie's casket, a tisket, a tasket. I think he's in a casket. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to see this like round the clock. Oh, this makes the O.J. Oh. thing peel into insignificance. Oh, but I, I just, just saw don't think... White Ford Bronco pass by. Yeah, there you go. There's, a, uh, there's A.C. D.C. Guess what is the most popular thing on the Internet? Porn? There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was a trick question for a second. No. Porn, three times more popular than searches. What if By the way, don't forget we got Ursula Andress going to undress. They're searching. Tracking firm finds that 18.8% of U.S. web visits were to adult sites, 5.5% to top search engines. See, that's why we give you a little of both. Although there's nothing pornographic, just, just a couple of boobies. It's art. Including the pictures of the president, a couple of boobies. It's an appreciation of beauty. And Pat Boone, a couple of boobies. Online porn sites get about three times more than the top web search engines, including market leader uh, Google Inc., a research firm said last week. Websites ca sites categorized as adult accounted for 18.8% of all Internet visits by U.S. users in the week ending May 29, almost 20%. Meanwhile, the category that contains search engines dominated by Yahoo, MSN, and Google accounted for just 5.5%, according to Hitwise Inc., a California-based company that tracks web use. See, we should be putting more boobies and more porno on there and less of these uh, bedtime stories that we work so feverishly to find and uh, inform, etc. It's quicker. During that time, Google garnered 2.7% of all web visits, while Yahoo Search and MSN Search got 1.7 and 1.1% respectively. Bill Tanser, no kin to Bill Tanner, who we don't like anymore, VP of Research at Hitwise, told Reuters. Other large Hitwise categories included entertainment at 8.0%. Oh! Business and finance, 7.4, and shopping and classifieds at 7.0%. Oh! Google is moving toward an initial public offering that's expected to be a blockbuster. The three leading search providers fall into a subcategory hitwise called search engines and directories, yada, yada, yada. Does it go on anymore about the uh, porno on here? No. Well, that's all we cared about. Hitwise also found that fast-growing comparison shopping sites such as Shopping.com, NextTag, and BizRate are getting fewer referrals from web search providers, meaning that users are either going directly to the niche sites or finding other routes to them, thereby cutting search engines out of lucrative shopping clicks. The same appears to be true for top travel sites, Tanser said. How do you like that? Well, like you said, that's no bulletin. And why the hell should it be? Americans are repressed. Even though they're screwing their brains out 124 times a year, they still want Mo. Since 1960, who do you think was our worst president? That's our second poll of the day. 368 vote. Bush 2, George W. Bush has got 65.7%. Oh, my Holy God. Holy crap. Oh, there's Cheney. Playing center. For the wow, well, he's going to play center for the 49ers this year, Cheney. Yeah, out there in San Francisco with all the maricones. 
Well, his daughter, you know, is a dyke. Let's yeah, see. Bush, two, 242, 65.7%. Jimmy Carter, 38. Weak, weak, man. Terrible, awful. Just go and pick some peanuts, Jimmy. Get out of our puss and tell your brother. He, didn't he die? Billy Carter's dead, right? Yes, he did. Well, he won't be doing that anymore in Josh Beckett's hands or anybody else. So that six-pack of Billy beer you've been saving up is worth something. Now. All right, crack it out. <laughs> and then get your Reagan mask on this afternoon and get out that old Billy beer. And then go wash your hands. Carter, 38. Clinton, 35. Reagan, 17, our worst. Nixon, 10. See, he'd have done worse than that, but they just, they're not as insensitive as we are, you know. Don't want to hit a man when he's down. I mean, the guy's been dying for 10 years. He was a vegetable. But, oh, the shock, the, I, I, I just don't get it. Reagan, 17, Nixon, 10, JFK, 8, I bet you now those people speak it English. Bush, 1, 7, 4, Jerry Ford, couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time, 6, and LBJ, 5, for Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was the bane of many people's existence, most of whom came back in body bags. See, he was not all bad, though. He had the Great Society thing, civil rights, right? He had some good stuff going. But he was a hard ass. He just wouldn't give up on the Vietnam thing, and he was uh, wouldn't listen to nobody. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, the uh, night he came on TV to announce that he would not accept and would not uh, 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 try to get the nomination of his party out for re-election. I remember that like it was ten minutes ago. Yeah. You don't, because uh, you were like, uh, let's see, that's 68, 32, 36 years ago. You were like a child. Yes, and in another country. Oh, in another country where you were busy voting for a Castro. Right, at the tender age of three. In one of those fixed elections. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. And another thing. If you were to listen to me, you would have been a big star by now. With that little big squeak voice. How do you expect to get anywhere, you little puny puke? Did we say puke? I think it's a little bit The more I hear you. Yeah, what about Oh, I hate you. What do I care? And when I'm I know my smell attracts you, but unlike Zach, you, you still got a job. I feel just like that you are my kid brother, and one yiddy to another. That's why you're still not fired. WQM. Now, here's another nitpicker and other facts. Neil, I don't like correcting God. No, God. But what half-mast is when the flag is at sea, <clears throat> half-staff is when the flag, the flag is on land. Now, I wouldn't have forwarded that along, but nitpicker such it is. But I think that you need to go into great detail 
about flying your flag at half-staff. Hey, when my flag is at half-mast... Hoo-ah! Yeah. Half-staff is on land, half-mast is at sea. Who gives a flying? Ah! You know what I'm saying? Who cares? I, think I heard you once say half a staff is better than none anyway. Right, and half a loaf. That's what does. And speaking of that, all these spots we got about constipation. Yeah. Well, well, what's going on in this radio station? My God, I know it's the dog days of summer coming up here. Last uh, couple of weeks we had the painful defecation spots with Muff Lindsay. Now we got uh, Tommy there doing the constipation spots. Would you like to feel relaxed once again? Oh my God, we're obsessed with Rectum. ass on this station. I wouldn't be surprised if George starts talking this summertime about sniffing Chinese ass again, or whatever it was that you were talking about. Eating. Ah. Chinese meals at Emerald right. Coast. You won't like this news. Okay. A statement bearing Al-Qaeda's name warned today that Western Airliners will be the terror group's next target. Oh, my gosh. What airliners? Western Airliners, you know, like from the West. Oh. Oh. The statement appeared on an Islamist website known for posting messages from militants, including the video in which a terror group with Al-Qaeda links executed Nick Berg. The statement's authenticity could not immediately be verified, but it was signed Al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. Oh, hi, Al. Al-Qaeda. Like, like uh, you know, as, as in the collective kind of signature. The statement referred crusaders and warned all that is affiliated with these crusaders from compounds, bases, and means of transport, especially Western and American airliners, will be direct targets of our next operations with God's help, it says. The statement begins by warning all Muslims to avoid contact with the American and Western crusaders and all non-believers in the Arabian Peninsula. It urges Muslims to ignore Americans and Westerners in their homes, compounds, movements, and means of transport in all shapes and forms. The statement says the purpose of this warning is to spare Muslim blood. Well, they were never concerned about that before when they made those attacks in Saudi Arabia and uh, elsewhere in uh, that part of the world. Those are bad Muslims. Huh? Oh, that's right. They were to spare consorting. the blood of uh, the good Muslims. If they will please stand up so we can identify you. There's that, look at that, there's that uh, white Ford Bronco, I mean a black hearse on a freeway. Oh, we're silly. Yeah. Judy Woodruff, she's in the little, oh, now we got her off the screen. Now we got the, the big picture there, the hearse. Uh, this, this is this is mind-blowing to me. This is just I amazing. I still hate her. Let, oh, I can't stand her, religious bitch. Let's see. Oh, now look at this. The president was escorted into the chamber where members of the upper and lower houses of parliament had come to hear him outline his... They're talking about India, India on the uh, BBC. Of course, that's part of the old empire, you know, those people living in the past. ...continuation of India's economic expansion. Right, now let's see what they're talking about on the CBC. The BBC ain't doing Reagan at the moment. I mean, they've done plenty already. CBC? Oh, we, we, we'll be celebrating because we'll need that adrenaline. Canadian Task Force in Kabul, Afghanistan. They're talking to them. So it's only the American networks that are just fixated nonstop virtually. Once in a while, we get a little something else about the G8 summit coming up. But uh, back to this. Government. They might have agreed with it uh, in... Oh, brother. Ba, 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 ba. And nary a negative word shall be heard, okay? Because uh, it's just disrespectful, as the Mad Dog would say. Disrespectful. Like saying a bad word about Dan Marino, you know, disrespectful. Noel Mameri. Hmm? No, that, that would be Italian. I, I don't know no French. Noel Mamer, the mayor of Beagles in the southwest of France, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, too, and I could care less. Screw those frogs. <laughs> has presided over the country's first gay marriage. Mr. Mamer, a former television presenter, well, you know about them, performed the marriage of a shop worker, Bertrand Charpentier, 31, and a male nurse, you know about them, Stefan Chapin, 34, on Saturday because he said he wanted to fight discrimination in France. 
riot police surrounded the... <laughs> I don't want to say they're getting a little worked up over there, but just calm down, please. Riot police surrounded the town hall where the ceremony took place because of protest by conservative groups. Well, we're not alone. Isn't that pleasant to hear? Ah. We got a few of them here in Canada, a few of them right-wingers. About 30, man. The happy couple arrived in a brown Rolls Royce and were applauded by gay rights activists. Mr. Mamer said he was proud of having officiated at the wedding and added, I don't consider myself an outlaw. The marriage, which was recorded and shown on French news bulletins, has ignited a fierce debate in France about the legality and morality of gay marriage. The Interior Ministry, Dominique Duvelopin, said he had begun disciplinary proceedings against Mr. Mamer and accused him of contravening the French Civil Code. I intend to make sure the law of the Republic and the authority of the state are respected, he said. If convicted, Mr. Mamer could face suspension and a fine of 1,500 euros, which is uh, close to two grand. French law allows civil unions for homosexual couples, but denies them full tax and inheritance rights. The prime minister has said that French law specifies that marriage can only be between a man and a woman. Is indicated he believes the wedding to be invalid, or is that invalid isn't Ronald Reagan? See, you're you're just uh, insensitive, man. You're just a bastard. Yeah, callous. Too bad. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to feign uh, sympathy or uh, anything like that because I don't feel it. I'm not going to come no, out here and say. That's not what I heard. Yeah, I feel it. No, seriously, I don't feel any sympathy about this thing. Even if I liked Reagan, which I didn't at all, but even if I would have thought he was a hell of a uh, great president, a good guy, never stole a freight train, he's been dying for ten years. This has been an unbelievable burden on on the whole family, especially little uh, little pinhead Nancy, with her little red dress. She don't even wear the red dress anymore. She's so far blunted from this. So why aren't people saying, oh, what? No, seriously, why aren't they saying, oh, it's a relief, it's a blessing already? Huh? So America, has got, America has got this obsession about dying. They just can't handle it. It's, a, it's always a morbid thing. Sometimes it's a blessing. It would seem to me that once you get to about 90, you know, you start thinking very seriously about that kind of thing, right? Far Blungit? What's wrong with that? Is that how you say it? Far Blungit. You never heard that before? No. Confused, like uh, messed up in the head, like uh, Far Blungit. Yeah, yeah, come on. Are far, you re are you reverting to your old Goyesha ways again? Far Blungit. Far Blungit. You heard that. Even, even a Goyam know that Far Blungit. Come on. They do now. Yeah, Ooh. Josh likes it. In fact, don't, isn't he pitching tomorrow for the Marlins? I'm going to use that every day. Far Blungit, yeah. At any rate. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Like Alan Finkelson, my late great friend from Pompano Park, used to say, there's only one trouble in the world, too many goyim. Well said, Alan. 27 after 1 at 560 WQAM. For years you've been hearing about A-Laser Recharge, the toner and recharge cartridge specialist. When you call A-Laser Recharge at 1-800-287-9212, you'll deal with just Bob, the sole owner who supplies businesses with a complete line of printing and office equipment and supplies. A-Laser Recharge has got inkjets, thermocarbon paper, supplies. Now they provide service, support, and maintenance for most makes and models of machines to make them run just like brand new again. Call 1-800-287-9212 right now, and in most cases you can have what you need within 24 hours. A-Laser Recharge can save you up to 50% on new cartridges compared to depot pricing. All the cartridges sold by A-Laser Recharge are remanufactured, not refilled. Anybody can sell you a cheap refilled cartridge, but you get what you pay for Remanufactured cartridges are the only way to go. A laser carries a complete line of cartridges for printers, copiers, and faxes, along with Brother and Xerox drums. A laser recharge is proud of their individualized service, offers a no questions asked satisfaction guarantee too. So if you need toner, cartridges, anything else, pick up the phone and call Just Bob from A Laser Recharge at 1-800-287-9212. Log on to their website if you like at alaserrecharge.com or call 1-800-287-9212. 
and local. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. Wiley is an imbecile. It's my grandma's birthday, and I have no idea what to get her. Yo, need a gift as unique as the person who receives it? A gift that says, you the bomb? Give them a pimp name from the International Pimp Name Registry. Happy birthday, Grandma. Look what I got you. Oh, what's this? It says, Edna Bergmeister, you now be flavor fresh, tasty E. Oh, I always wanted a pimp name. For only $49.95, the International Pimp Name Registry. Would you like a unique pimp name for a special somebody in your life? Be they old or be they young. Happy birthday to me. We got you a pimp name. Yay, now I'm little T-Dog. Now back up off my grill, yo. Oh, that's so sweet. Everybody on your pimp name give list. We're going to receive a certificate. It's a gray with their new pimp name. And they get a fur hat and a gold tooth, too. Grandma already had the Cadillac. Now she's got the name to go along with it. Thanks, International Pimp Name Registry. My pimp hand is strong, my nizzles. Well, that's your sizzles. 131 and 560. I got mine. You got yours? That's your fizzles. Uh, 472 votes on the poll. They're like, whipped up about this, about El Presidente. I changed Sis. it. Huh? I changed it. Changed what? The, off of CNN, off of the... Uh, Live coverage of the hearse rolling. Oh, well, let's go over to MSNBC. They must be talking about something else, right? <laughs> 1920s and 19. Oh, Pat Buchanan, oh my God. Holy cow, Pat Buchanan, your favorite. It's a lie. I am not a Nazi. You ever notice how much he sounds like Rick Shaw every once in a while? At any rate, <laughs> 472 votes. How you doing, Ricky Ticky? 40 years on the air in South Florida. He still ain't washed that cap. Since 1960, who do you think is our worst president? Bush, George W. Bush the Tooth, 318. 67.3, two-thirds. You turd. Oh, this audience says he's the worst in the last uh, 40 years, 44. Jimmy Carter, 46. Bill Clinton, 45. Got a good house race going on there. Arkansas, Georgia. Reagan, 18. That would be disrespectful. I have a lot of votes on their worst. That would be bad. Uh, oh, that's right. They're still doing this on. Uh, what's the BBC doing now? Maybe like something exciting, like the weather or world business. We'll see a big shake-up in the industry. What's likely to happen is some of the smaller low-cost airlines will go bankrupt. Oh, I just can't stand that accent. Reagan 18, Nixon 14, Bush the Wump has got nine, JFK nine, four, and uh, we know all those people know speaking English. Ford seven and LBJ six out of 472 votes. Now wait till you hear this. Good news and bad news. The good news is that the Kerry people have narrowed down their choice for a running mate for John Kerry to three people. That's the good news. Okay. The bad news is the name of the leader. Oh, no. If I gave you, in fact, if I took 6,000 calls between now and 2 o'clock and gave you a guess as to who the name of the leader would be, you'd never guess it. Do you want to know why? Because we never heard of him. You never heard of him. <laughs> there you go. Even I, Mr. Politically Astute, waste a lot of my time reading this crap. Even I never heard of this guy. Well, I was going to say Lyndon LaRouche, but now I better rethink it. Worse. All right. Lay it on. Well, John, John Edwards is one of the three, but he's not the top of the list. The other, the third, we don't know. We don't know the third. You turd. But the leading uh, choice right at the moment, Iowa Governor Tom Vilsack. Diet. <laughs> Iowa has a governor, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe he figures he can deliver those key electoral votes from Iowa, and that might swing it. You think? 
no. Or maybe he figures that we already got these preconceived notions about some of the other uh, possible frontrunners, and uh, he doesn't want to taint the... Uh, huh? Or maybe... <laughs> oh, I'm getting an ulcer. Yeah. Tom Vilsack. I, I never heard of that. I'm sure I was got a governor, and I'm sure I wasn't all he, as bad as you think it might be. I've been in Cedar somebody, Rapids, as a matter of fact. What? Yeah. He needs somebody bright and cheery and famous. Like well, Tom maybe Edwards. Tom Vilsack is bright, cheery, and famous and doesn't look like he no. has the mask of death all over his face. Oh. Uh, huh? Oh. Uh, well, this will cheer you up. Here's a little bit better story. Hillsborough, North Carolina. You're neck of the woods. Now, where's Hillsborough? Right. Over yonder. You're not near where you uh, hang out? Ain't nothing near where I hang out. Hillsborough, North Carolina. Police are searching for a man who was naked when he picked up his fast food order this week at a drive through window. The customer at Bojangles restaurant was described as hairy, big-bellied man about... About 30, man. ...with short, curly black hair that was receding at the top of the head. And if he was naked, I guess they know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, short, curly black hair. He picked up an order at the window Monday morning at Bojangles. Maybe it was Mr. Bojangles. Yeah, it could have been at the Bojangles in Jefferson. He conducted his business at the drive-thru while wearing no clothing, and he had to open his door to receive whatever... <laughs> Whatever they were passing out through the drive-thru window, said Captain Ross Frederick of the Hillsborough Police Department. This is the first time police have been called about him, but the man has patronized the restaurant before. On those occasions, he wore only his underwear or perhaps shorts that may resemble underwear, Frederick said. So I guess he was getting, I guess he was getting brazen enough. Maybe it was one of them hot days or something in North Carolina. It's been real tough since the Sarah Lee plant shut down. <laughs> oh. How do you like that? Or maybe he had an accident on his way over there. You know, I had to remove the shorts right. because they might have been a little on the stained yes. side. I don't want to get too graphic there. Well, it's happened to some of the best more, of you. Some more of our constipation spots and uh, painful defecation spots. Man, you are this, not alone, guys. This station is going to... Wreck them. Gasoline costs five cents a gallon in Iraq thanks to U.S. taxpayers. I bet you're real pleased about that. Okay, Thank five that. cents. Five cents. While Americans are shelling out record prices for gas, Iraqis pay only about a nickel a gallon for gasoline, a benefit of hundreds of millions of dollars in subsidies bankrolled by you, the American taxpayer. Aren't you proud? Before the war, forecasters predicted that by invading Iraq and ousting Saddam Hussein, America would benefit from increased exports of oil from Iraq, which has the world's second largest petroleum reserves. That would mean cheap gas for American motorists and a boost for the oil-dependent American economy. More than a year after the invasion, that logic has been flipped on its head. Now the average price for gasoline in the U.S. is running at 2.05 a gallon, 50 cents more than the pre-invasion price. Instead, the only people getting cheap gas as a result of the invasion are the Iraqis. Well, that's the least we can do for like killing all their people like that and butchering up all their kids. Filling a 22-gallon tank in Baghdad with low-grade fuel cost a dollar ten, plus a 50-cent tip for the attendant. A tank full of high test costs 2.75. Tanks a lot. In Britain, by contrast, gas prices at 5.79 a gallon last week. $127 for a tank full in Britain. All the Iraqis. No, it's in dollars. They translated for us dumb Americans. You better hope it ain't in pounds. Pound is like a buck seventy. Although Iraq is a major petroleum producer, the country has little capacity to refine its own gasoline, so the U.S. government pays about a buck and a half a gallon to buy fuel in neighboring countries and deliver it to Iraqi stations. A three-month supply cost American taxpayers more than $500 million, not including the cost of military escorts to fend off attacks by Iraqi insurgents. The arrangement keeps a fleet of 4,200 tank trucks constantly on the move, ferrying fuel to Iraq. We thank the Americans, Baghdad taxi driver Osama Hashim said. They risked their lives to liberate us, and now they're improving our lives, he said. Hashim, 26, topping up the tank on his beat-up 83 Volkswagen. 
Iraq's fuel subsidies, which are intended to mollify drivers used to low-priced fuel under Saddam, have coupled with the opening of the borders to create an anarchic car culture in Baghdad. Cheap used cars shipping in from Europe and Asia are flooding into Iraq. A 10-year-old BMW in good condition costs just five grand, and because gas is so cheap, anybody with a car can become a taxi driver. Drivers jam the streets, offering rides for as little as 250 dinars, about 17 cents. B said he'll take about the first 200 of them dinars, and Rimmer said he'll take the rest. Analysts say the U.S. gas subsidies can't last forever, and Iraqis may be in for an unpleasant shock when they end. In the meantime, the American taxpayer continues to foot the huge bill. The U.S. taxpayer has the right to be indignant. Iraqis have to be warned about the long-run damages to this, said Anthony Cordesman, an Iraqi analyst with the Washington-based Center for Strategic International Studies. The minute the aid goes out, the party's over. There's going to be a hell of a hangover. How do you like that? I don't. The U.S. government paid even more last year for Iraqis gasoline between a buck fifty-nine and a dollar seventy a gallon when the imports were contracted to Halliburton, the Texas oil services giant formerly headed by Vice President Dick Cheney. God. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Life is just one big gigantic ripoff. So just smile, you know. Just sit back and smile, relax, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Just have one big party. Yeah. Yeah, just get out your best uh, rubber Ronnie Reagan uh, happy face and have a great day. Let me tell you right now about your health. You know, everybody talks about it. We don't want to talk out loud about it, but we think about it. Not out loud. Cancer, heart disease, all these terrible things. We think it can always uh, happen to somebody else, but never to us. Well, guess what? It can. And it's a proven fact that disease responds extremely well to treatment if you detect it early. If you wait too long, forget about it. Hollywood Diagnostic Center is proud to offer you their virtual colonoscopy, which is so much less intrusive than the uh, traditional one, coronary heart scoring and full-body screening exams that are like miracles. It's like a virtual trip right through the inside of your body that can detect cancer or other life-threatening diseases in their early stages before it's too late. A doctor's referral isn't even needed. I had to test the uh, coronary heart scoring, full-body screening a few weeks ago. It's like a major miracle. For all your imaging exams, call Hollywood Diagnostics at 954-966-3600 for the test that can give you and your family real peace of mind. At Hollywood Diagnostics Center, they offer state-of-the-art imaging equipment with open MRI, high-speed CAT scan, nuclear medicine, and much, much more. Hollywood Diagnostics has been serving South Florida for over 20 years, and their facility also provides you a complete mobile diagnostic service that can come right to you if you need. So call Hollywood Diagnostic Center. It could be a life-saving call, maybe one of the most important you'll ever make for those imaging exams today. Call 954-966-3600. That's 954-966-3600. Live, live and local. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. 560 WQAM. Every time I see that retarded dim witch, absolutely, on my TV. Oh, he's President Trump, Republican, muscled in, and an articulate idiot. I don't know why they would want this guy, but now he's here. President Thumbs. Oh, what I give to 
Still going up and down the freeway. In case you're uh, lost touch with uh, no. I know you want. Thanks again to the uh, factors out there because sometimes they alert me to something that I can't, that didn't find or should have found. This is the second one. I didn't know where to find the uh, one. I probably should have gone just to greatpalast.com, especially since we have a link to it. Workingforchange.com. You can find it there too. And of course, George and uh, Josh can relate to that. Working for change. Right. Anyway, Greg Palast writes today about Reagan. The headline says, Killer, Coward, Con Man, Good Riddance Gipper, More Proof Only the Good Die Young. He says, you're not going to like this. You shouldn't speak ill of the dead. But in this case, someone's got to. Ronald Reagan was a con man. Reagan was a coward. Reagan was a killer. In 1987, I found myself stuck in a crappy little town in Nicaragua named Chaguatillo. The people were kind enough, though hungry, except for one surly young man. His wife had just died of tuberculosis. People don't die of TB if they get some antibiotics, but Ronald Reagan, big-hearted guy that he was, had put a lockdown embargo on medicine to Nicaragua because he didn't like the government that the people there had elected. Ronnie grinned and cracked jokes while the young woman's lungs filled up and she stopped breathing. Ronnie flashed a B-movie grin while they buried the mother of three. And when Hezbollah terrorists struck and murdered hundreds of American Marines in their sleep in Lebanon, the TV warrior ran away like a whipped dog, then turned around and invaded Grenada. That little club med war was like a murderous PR stunt so Ronnie could hold parades for gunning down Cubans building an airport. I remember Nancy, a skull and crossbones, prancing around in designer dresses, some of the gifts that flowed to the Reagans, from hats to million-dollar homes, from cronies well-compensated with government loot. It used to be called bribery. And all the while, Grandpa grinned, the grandfather who bleeded on about family values, but didn't bother to see his own grandchildren. The New York Times today, and Kent Obed, wrote that Reagan projected... Faith in small-town American old-time values. Values my ass. It was union-busting and a declaration of war on the poor and anyone who couldn't buy designer dresses. It was the new meanness bringing starvation back to America so that every millionaire could get another million. Small-town values? From the movie star of the Pacific Palisades, the Malibu mogul, I want to throw up. And all the while, in the White House basement, as his brain boiled away, his last conscious act was to condone a coup d'etat against their elected Congress. Reagan's Secretary of Defense, Casper the Ghost Weinberger, with a crazed Colonel Ali North, plotted to give guns to the monster of the Mideast, Ayatollah Khomeini. Reagan's boys called Jimmy Carter a weenie and a wuss, although Carter wouldn't give an inch to the Ayatollah. Reagan, with that film fantasy tough guy con in front of the cameras, went begging like a coward cockroach to Khomeini, pleading on bended knee for the release of... ...blared, weirdly, was that third-rate gangster movie, Brother Rat, starring Ronald Reagan. Well, my friends, you can rest easier tonight. The rat is dead. Killer, coward, con man, Ronald Reagan, goodbye and good riddance. How do you like that? I like that. That's a closing shot from Greg Palast. You can read it on gregpalast.com. we got a link on our website. You know what else we ought to have a link to? I don't want to start getting Eric all kinds of work over there. And how's Eric coming with Josh on getting that uh, stuff handed over to Josh? Is that coming along pretty good? 
Well, we probably ought to have a link to a michaelmore.com, wouldn't you think? I don't think we got one on there, do we? Uh, he's working on a link to the trailer. As oh, to the trailer. Right. Just go directly. Now, is Linda England going to be in the trailer, or is she going to be out uh, sign autographs? I got a date with her, so she better. I bet. Out. Yeah, she's your kind of slut. One fifty-one. <laughs> they all are. Yeah, I know. Well, when you live in North Carolina, you ain't going to be too picky. One fifty-one <laughs> at five sixty. WQM. Speaking of somebody who they all are, how about Jeff Cohen? He don't uh, ain't too particular. In fact, if there's any, well, I don't want to go into that. The one and only Pizza Loft and Davy Man are still going strong. Now, of course, they had that other little mistake. I tried to tell him he wouldn't listen to me, but uh, you know this guy. No BS coupons at the Pizza Loft like the other joints because Pizza Loft every Thursday offers a special where you buy one entree and the second one is half price. Every Tuesday when you buy one eggplant dinner, the second one is only five bucks. Again, no special coupon needed. It's just a regular deal. And every Monday like today, you buy one lasagna dinner and the second one is only five bucks. And guess what? No coupon necessary. Bring your own coupon, but don't bring no coupon. And the formula for success at the Pizza Loft is consistency. And believe me, speaking of Poupon, well, no microwave. In fact, it's the only restaurant in the uh, that has no microwave oven. Everything is either baked or sautéed. They cook it all fresh for you. They give you gigantic portions. The food is delicious. Every pasta dish under the sun, the best garlic rolls you ever had in your life, all of these things and so much more. Almost 200 seats at the Loft, so you never have to wait on long lines Friday or Saturday night. And they deliver the same full menu, approximate delivery areas west of Flamingo Road, north of Sunrise, south of Pines Boulevard, east of Prestigious 441. So if you want to go out for a lunch, dinner, late night snack, this is always the place you can really enjoy. It's in the Pizza Loft Plaza, right behind Pier 1 Imports, beyond University Drive, between Griffith and 595. Here's that telephone number for catering, for delivery, for all of these things, maybe for a hot date with Jeff Cohen, 954-916-8880. That's 954-916-8880. Still going strong after all these years. The world-famous Pizza Loft in Davie. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Program. I urge everyone to complain to this station. Uh, what's the problem, officer? Deploy from the vehicle. <laughs> If you're caught driving without a seatbelt, you will be removed from your car and shot. The police now have the authority to enforce seatbelt safety under the new Patriot Act 2. The new law is in effect now, so click it or be shot. Officers don't like doing this. They are only following orders. It's for your own protection in the never-ending fight against terrorism. Terrorist acts such as mouth noise, burping, and farting would be annoying to others. So under Patriot Act 2, eating will no longer be permitted in restaurants. Anyone eating outside the designated eating area will also be shot. It's the law. We like saying that. The law. The law. The law. The law. It's the law. It'd be the law, man. 157 at 560 WQM. We got Kim Camper sitting by. He'll be on next for um, Mad Dog. Who's taking another well-deserved day off? Why? I don't know why it's well-deserved, but why not, right? Whatever we not? feel like it, we just don't show up. Like Friday, I'm going to go to that Reagan uh, thing. Right, the uh, vigil. Right, they're going to be having a vigil like, a couple of blocks from here. <laughs> uh, i got to tell you a very disturbing story, as a matter of fact. Yesterday, I go to my little uh, neighborhood 7-Eleven here. Where it's like most. If it's not Pakistanis, it's uh, Chinese, okay? And there's a very nice, well, I guess maybe not so nice. There's a family that uh, runs the uh, convenience store, and I go in there and get my sodas and my newspapers and whatever. Nothing edible, of course, God forbid. But I go in there to uh, get my newspapers, and I put the newspapers on a counter 
the uh, sun and the star, and I put them on the counter, and there, of course, was Reagan's picture was on the front cover. Reagan did in 93, whatever the headline said. And the uh, proprietor, the Chinese guy, looks at me, and he says, well, I go in there all the time. I mean, they know me very well. They love me because I spent a lot of money there. He looks at me and says, oh, Reagan dead? I said, yeah, he died uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I had great respect. And, boy, that was the wrong thing to say to me. Yeah, got you going, did it? Yeah, not not a whole lot. I wasn't going to, like, have a fist fight, although I could have taken this guy, an Olympia Chinese guy. But seriously, I mean, the wrong thing to say. I mean, I come in here and I spend all that money every day. Don't don't start talking politics with your customers, okay? That's my best suggestion for all you business people out there, especially you uh, laundry head uh, people or the Chinese people in the convenience stores. Just take it a money and give it a ticky, and then that's it. And I just proceeded to go on and on, probably a little bit too long. And then he just looked at me like, huh, like, oh, geez, you still going to pay for the paper? <laughs> yeah, today, yes, maybe not tomorrow, mister. I can buy papers anywhere, eh? Cut the crap. Although in his defense, what does he know, being Canadian and everything? <laughs> in other words, he never had to endure a Canadian, my ass. This guy just came off on a Chinese banana boat. He's well, probably he got stars. What does he know? Yeah. Since 1960, who do you think was our worst president? That's our second poll. Best president we had, Clinton wins by a landslide earlier today. This one is the worst. Bush, two. George W., 408 votes, 68.1%. They hate him. Carter, 57. Clinton, on 52. Reagan, 21. It would have been very disrespectful to have a higher number than that. Okay, so just go easy on old Ronnie, okay? On old Jelly Bean. Nixon, 17. LBJ, 13. Bush, 1. The Wimpmeister. George Herbert Walker, 12. JFK, 10. And Jerry Ford, who's going to be on Larry King tomorrow night. Be sure I missed that. Jerry Ford had nine. Bye, bye, bye! The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. It just keeps getting bigger. Oh, <laughs>